Oh, and we're live officially. Welcome Happy back, everybody. Monday. <laughs> welcome, 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 everybody. Let's people get in the chat. Here for the third week of TD3 Live. It's been great. Love yeah, it. man. I feel like every Monday, the early people should get a little bonus of uh, whether it be like inside conversation that you have in TD3, maybe a quick little story time. <laughs> for the first two minutes before all the other, you know what I'm saying? Well, you got you got a story to tell people? Yeah, exactly. you want to hear a story about my first uh, encounter with a rat? Yeah, let's hear about your first rat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How you yeah, lost your you rat virginity? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't. That sounds like you violated me. Do not say <laughs> that. All right, so it was one night. I came in. I went to use the bathroom, all right? I had some hefty in my stomach. I had to take a number two. Okay, so, very vulgar already. Let's go. Details. I went, ahead, went ahead, pants down. I let go all of my problems. All right? a storyteller. <laughs> yeah, I let go of all of my problems. Real rap shit. You know, I was cleaning up my <laughs> cleaning up myself and wipe wipe all that stuff. And the next thing you know, I feel something run across my toes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I look down. <laughs> And it's a tiny rat. I see a long ass tail, <laughs> tiny rat. And I lift up my feet while I'm still like, keep in mind, this is mid number two, you know? And so <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. And then I lift up my feet and then motherfuckers running around going crazy. And then, bro, I lose my mind. I get up. <laughs> I get up. And it's just, it's just the whole, it's a graphic, graphic scene. And I don't sit back down. I'm literally standing up on top of the bathtub at this point in time. <laughs> until the rat goes into whatever fucking hole that it gets back into. But that's our uh, little story time for the day. <laughs> Love it. There you go. Y'all, if you're here early for the stream, if you're watching the replay, you get the first example of Moe's, our first story time of Moe's first rat experience. Love that. What a TD3 moment. <laughs> yeah, seen, a lot of, seen a lot of crayons in the chat. Love that. Keep spamming them. Let me see the crayon eaters. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. As you see by the title, we're going to talk about every NBA, every NBA award race this year. And instead of doing what a lot of people do and, like, talk about who's the MVP this far into the season, we're going to predict what we think each NBA award ballot will look like come the end of the season. So we're going to give our first five, our top five in each category based on what we've seen so far and how we project that to continue moving forward. But before we get to that, y'all, I think I have some gloating to do. Gloating? The season tournament championship concluded, and no. neither one of y'all seen one. Mine did. How are y'all feeling? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> I, I, my bad. I didn't know we were celebrating just like, like Mickey Mouse championships. This is yeah, this I, honestly I know. even like worse than a Mickey Mouse championship. <laughs> yeah, I understand when you don't have any championships in your lifetime that you can Damn. remember to like rub in. But those of us who have experienced victory, we like to rub it in whenever we can. So, You've Listen. actually seen an NBA championship, right? Shout out Correct. to you. And you still want to celebrate this? <laughs> like, like gloat? That's that's why. That's why. I would just like not say a word if my team wasn't even in the top eight. So that's me at least. Are you putting a ban- you're putting a banner up for the in season tournament? Correct. The shit matters. We're starting a legacy. We're making this matter. Buying from everybody, every team, every star player. It got to start somewhere to build history, and this is where it begins. Listen, man. If I got a taste of that IST, just know that I'll be just as happy as Isaac right now. Hold it <laughs> oh, up. If Trey Young had an IST MVP, you'd be wearing a jersey right now. Bro, I'd 
Jersey, I have that IST tatted on me right now. Fuck a jersey. Let's take another <laughs> step, all right? I'd be talking about it. This will be my NBA championship for the next 20, 30 years because Lord knows they're not going to win one. We're trash. <laughs> Look at the chat. Somebody has our logo as their profile picture, and it says, I am the ultimate crayon eater, everybody. <laughs> the ultimate crayon. That sounds like a nightmare. Oh, my goodness. I see it. <laughs> Give me no, your but... crayons. <laughs> chat, how did y'all, y'all feel about the in-season tournament finale? Were y'all... Did y'all enjoy the tournament overall? Mm-hmm. Talking to you guys, not just the chat. Uh, <laughs> you, listen, I, we're slow. <laughs> exactly. I, I was waiting for one of the crayonitas to just like jump through the screen and say something. <laughs> uh, it was cool. I, I actually like enjoyed it. I thought that Vegas was, I thought that the basketball in Vegas was actually interesting and it was solid. Um, the crowd sucked. I will say that. The crowds in Vegas were trash. And if there was yeah. any argument to not putting uh, like an NBA team, somebody w- would bring up those games because it was kind of dead. But it, it was really cool, though. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot of yeah. time. I feel like for the Lakers games, the crowds were solid. But for like Pacers versus Bucks, then nobody gave a fuck. It was at like 2 p.m. What, uh, Pacific Coast time. I mean, yeah, it only makes sense. It only makes sense. You're in Las Vegas. The most native team near over there is the Lakers. So, I mean, they should have known what they were getting into. The other day, I saw, the t- I saw a tweet. Of some some fan said uh, the NBA should go ahead and do a thing where for every year they do the in-season tournament, do the tournament where a, t- where there's, a city has no team. Someone said, like, Mississippi, mm. St. Louis, places like that. I'm just like, That's a terrible idea. uncles and aunties. <laughs> and some someone just passed the show. That's a terrible idea. Should it idea, be in bro. Jackson, Mississippi, playing the yeah. in-season tournament on some red courts? <laughs> yeah, it's gross, bro. It's gross. But overall, like, I think it was a hit. It was a banger. It was the excitement that everybody needed. Although, like, we all know no one's going to, like, use this as serious weight for anyone's career or whatever. <laughs> no one. It will be. Listen, if you saw the Twitter conversations, LeBron, LeBron fans already had it locked and loaded. They're using this. LeBron, yeah. bro, LeBron fans couldn't win at all. They're, they're cooked regardless. You win, you're getting made fun of. You lose, you're getting made fun of regardless. It's Mickey Mouse regardless, bro. Chat, how are y'all going to view the in-season tournament over time? Do y'all, how seriously do y'all take it? Because it's obviously not as serious as a ring, but... I think we should count it in like resume building stuff just because, you know, for no, not, not, not right now. I see your face for the league to take this seriously. And for this to become a real thing that matters, you have to give it that level of seriousness, not saying it should be like equivalent to a championship or even half a championship or whatever, but like we got to treat it like it means something or else why are they doing it? Yeah. That was my entire point for the whole year leading up to this. The tournament was seven games. Like, congratulations you had a very good two-week stretch like you literally played one in totality you played one playoff series and it went seven games and if you won the championship shout out to you like again they win six games and win march madness yeah but like that's at the end no no but i'm saying like that's at the end right and also each one of those games is single elimination like if you want to start single elimination from the start I think that would be a little bit better than four group play games. And then instantly you go into one, two, three, and it would have like a better flow. Like they, every single game would like mean something. And obviously it does with the point differential, da, da, da. But this, the season just started. Like it yeah. feels more like the Maui Invitational than March Madness. <laughs> oh, you're a hater. The Maui Invitational is nuts. No, no, you're a hater. <laughs> it's a real thing. That's a real thing. I know, I know. But, uh, <laughs> 
I agree. I think they could tweak the format. Like, I, I agree. I feel like it should be a 16 team bracket instead of top eight. That'd probably be a little more interesting. Or, like you said, do it later in the season. But overall, I think it's a good addition. I think it felt like in the moment, playoff atmosphere, whatever that means for whatever yeah. team you're talking about. But it felt Pacers like games that mattered. It felt a little different. <laughs> yeah, the, the Pacers said it felt like playoff basketball, and everyone was just like, how would y'all you know? know? <laughs> yeah. you don't know what, what do you as Buddy Hill know about playoff basketball? <laughs> yeah, I think the general consensus on this from the chat, Ramon says it was more serious basketball than the regular season. Not the same level as a chip, but still a great thing for the league. And I think that's yeah. like exactly what they needed, and that's what the league needed. And it was a home run overall, bro. Yeah. So obviously the Lakers beat the Pacers. Did y'all leave that game going forward now being more hopeful on the Lakers championship odds or just general outlook for the season? Because we saw them lock in and really try now that they're finally healthy, have all the defenders. And they didn't just win. They stomped out the, the Pelicans horribly. We talked about it at the start of the last episode. And then beat the Pacers like pretty wire to wire. Are y'all confident in them now? If anyone says that the Lakers championship odds are improved because you stomped out the Pacers, <laughs> my brother, you have issues. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I have issues there because I, oh, I, for believe, sure. I believe Some in people. them. They made two threes against the Pacers and against <laughs> against the team that runs up and down, turns every game into a track meet. Tyrese was killing everybody in the league. Giannis and Brooke Lopez couldn't stop him. AD and LeBron were like, yeah, you're just not you're just not gonna do that to us. Bro, and they the shot chart is nuts. I don't know, let me share my screen so y'all can see it too. Chat's looking at the shot chart right now. Two threes. Everything else is in here in the paint. Just utter yeah. domination. And that's the style yeah. the Lakers need to play to win, which coincidentally, the Pacers are the worst room defense in the league. They allow the most possible because their whole game plan is that they're not gonna allow any threes and they're gonna take the most threes and kind of out Matthew. So Take it with a small grain of salt because this is what the Pacers wanted them to do. But the Lakers took that and did it to the best of their ability and completely dominated them. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that this game plan can work against most teams. Look, man, just a couple of nights ago, we saw, uh, speaking of most teams, maybe this would be, this might be a new trend. I don't want to say new trend in the NBA, but from what I see, super strong defensive teams who aren't, you know what I'm saying, heavily equipped in the three from three-point range. Mm-hmm. I like the Orlando Magic. They went ahead and did the same thing a couple of nights ago. Literally last Monday, I believe, or was it last podcast? We'd be streaming. We'd be doing a whole lot. Either we got one. a whole lot of motion over it. Either one. But <laughs> that's a of myself. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you say the new meta seemingly is uh, what did I do? Okay, is a uh, top defensive teams that have a good enough offense. And yeah, when we saw the Lakers win the championship, they were a top three defense all year. And they were 12th in offense. That's kind of what they have to get to to be able to compete yeah. with this style of play. And I, I, I think that's possible now that they're fully healthy. They, they, didn't, they didn't win this game with like amazing offense. They won it, like Donovan said, by shutting down Tyrese Halliburton in a way nobody else could and doing good enough on offense to keep up with them. Even though Tyrese Halliburton slowed down, the Pacers were still doing their top offense thing scoring-wise. But the Lakers had just enough to be ahead by like four or five points all game, which I think is the mold. Also, and the one thing that we say every year is, is Anthony Davis going to come out and be dominant in playoff series every single game, be, be consistently like that? And he had 40 and 20. What was that face that he made, Donovan? Reenact that for me. That should be someone's new profile picture. <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> I do it again, do it again. 
<laughs> Everybody screenshot that. Everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm looking at his shot chart right now. Look at this chat. Look at this chat. Two mid-range shots, both misses. Everything else in the restricted area. 16 made shots there. Utterly dominant. 16 out of 22 within the paint. Ridiculous. Anthony Davis looks like... You know what's funny? Let me backtrack. A couple years ago, he was playing power forward, and everybody was like, I want to see him play center. Why does he want to play his true position? Yada, yada, yada. He puts on the weight, slows down, isn't quite the same player. Still, arguably, just as good of a score, but not the same. Everyone's complaining. I miss the old AD. This is why he plays his way at the center now next to LeBron. Because he can do this and just be an utterly dominant rim finisher and just look like whatever version of the dominant rim, rim finishers of the past. On any given day, this can be AD when he's locked in. And when he's doing this, the Lakers are tough to beat. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, never, that's never been the question. Is The question has never been, do the Lakers have the potential? The question is, is Anthony Davis actually going to do this like every single night? And last season, we saw it towards the, towards the end, like in the Western Conference Finals. But in the first two rounds, it was literally every other game. He would score 30, then score 12. Score 27, score 11. And that inconsistency is something that I think once you get into the playoffs and you start playing the top teams in the league and your 27-point-per-game score isn't consistent, that will be an issue. Yeah. No, I get it. Who else that stood out to y'all? Because the other thing that I took away from this game is that Austin Reeves got his white boy magic back. That dude <laughs> was hooping off the bench. He came in 9 for 15 from the field, 28 points. There was a part in the second half, I think it might have been the third quarter, where he completely took over the game and was going shot for shot with the league's top offense. And I had so much confidence in him that when he's playing like that, it makes me feel how I felt about him in the back half of last year and those first two rounds of the playoffs where I was like, he can be their third guy and give them enough juice from their ball handling positions that mm -hmm. I'm confident in them keeping up with all these top offenses when the defense is clicking with Anthony Davis. That wasn't always the case at the start of this year. Yeah, no. He, he started rough. Yeah, if he's playing like that, I don't I don't see a lot of teams stopping the Lakers. They just seem like a – I don't want to say unstoppable, but they just seem like one of the five hardest teams to be when 80 is that locked in. I think defensively he's super consistent, and he just – that's like the main lore and value to him as a player these days. Yeah. Um, and you can get what you get offensively. But with, with Austin Reeves doing what he does alongside Cam Reddish – hitting at least a three, maybe two a game. And then you got so many other bodies, Jared Vanderbilt, and he's back now too. And since he's been back, they've had an amazing defense. So it's like, they have a lot of good things going on, man. They have a lot of good yeah. things going on. Bro, look at this lead tracker I'm showing on the screen right now. The Lakers, uh, the okay. Pacers had the lead for the first like four minutes of the game. After that, straight purple the whole game. It was just wire to wire <laughs> dominance. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Wyatt, got... just tipped $3. He said, love the pod guys. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you, Wyatt. Appreciate the donation. Facts. Facts. And everybody else who's in here, listen, we have almost 550 people in here. Only 53 likes. Everybody, listen, let's get these likes up. All right? Oh, let's, get... let's not expose them. That would that, be crazy. Huh? We have 230 likes, but you still right, though. We need way more likes. You got to <laughs> yeah, refresh we definitely the 53. Oh, wow. <laughs> refresh your stream. You're doing us dirty. <laughs> yeah. We, like we got motion yeah, over here. <laughs> Chat, how do y'all feel? Y'all know it seems like we're all pretty high on the That'd Lakers. <laughs> Chat, do you think the Lakers can win the finals? Do y'all feel more confident in them? Not win the finals. That's too far. Do you feel like they can make a deep run in the playoffs? And if so, did you feel that way before this championship win? Mm. 
Championship win. I'm going to call it that, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look, at him, look at him getting this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> look at him getting this shit off, man. That's hilarious. That's terrible. Yeah. I think because of this win, it showed a clear blueprint and pathway to what a Lakers championship team has to look like. LeBron yeah. has to be, like, top-tier LeBron, of course, and AD, like, you might, like you've been alluding to for a while. Isaac, he might have to be the best player on the team on more on more nights than not. You know, you keep saying I've alluded to that. When did I say that? I know you like there's several times you said that last said year that. or last year or earlier in the pod. Not earlier in the pod. My bad. Earlier this season, you said you thought AD was the best player for the Lakers last year. Yeah, last year he was. LeBron was dealing with his injury, and Russ was there stinking it up, making it hard for everybody for sure. This year, though, I don't feel that way anymore. There's been a lot of talk about like. For four years, he's been waiting for Anthony Davis to be the best player on the I team, know. carry LeBron. That's not happening because LeBron is still fucking incredible. He's been playing like a top five player this year. So I have no expectation of AD being the best guy simply because LeBron isn't slowing down. So I don't blame AD for that at all. Yeah, exactly. Nah, it's never going to happen. But the Lakers had 18 turnovers to Indiana's nine. It didn't matter. That's crazy. Didn't matter, didn't matter one Bro. bit. <laughs> I went to sleep. I passed the fuck out during the second quarter of this game, and I saw the Lakers were up. I don't know, like seven, eight, or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I, I expect an, I expect another Tyrese Alburn bomb to go ahead and go off. I close my eyes. Next thing you know, I'm on Twitter, and I just see everyone congratulating LeBron James and people shocked about this performance. And AD, I see that space, that face spammed everywhere, and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> this is what a championship team, a championship version of the Lakers look like. Yeah, and it's just shocking. You know why it all only only part that matters is this right here. Points in the paint, Indiana 44, mm. LA 86. That is ridiculous. You know how That's hard it is to win? You know how hard it is to win when you have 42 more 42 less points given up in the paint than your uh, opposing team? You got to hit a million threes. So like you got to be banging from deep to make up for that. It's not yeah. going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's hard. Yeah, shout, man. Out of- shout out the Lakers. Shout out the Lakers. Y'all want to move on to these NBA awards, what everybody's here for? Let's do yeah, it, man. Let's Y'all ready to hear about some awards, chat? Yeah. What do we want to start with? I got a doc pulled up here. We're going to go through each award. You guys see we have one page for each of them. And we're going to give our top five on what we think will happen by the time the end of the season comes. Not what we think is happening right now, based on the season so far, but projecting forward what we think is going to happen come end of the year. Hmm. What award do y'all want to start with? I think it is only right if you start with MVP. You want to start with MVP or do you want to make him wait for the best one? Let's let's get one let's get one. Let's get one out the way real quick. I want to do rookie of the year real quick. Okay, let's do it. I'm down. Okay. The least interesting one. I only put three yeah. for this because there's only three guys that are in the running. The bottom listen, there's not even five notable rookies this year that are getting serious playing time. Yeah. So I think we all know it's some combination of Chet, Wemby, Jaime Hawkes. The only really super relevant team uh, rookies right now. Mm. Yes. And obviously we're all gonna put Jaime Hawkes number three, right? Are we? For sure. Yeah. What? Okay, I'll go don't, first. I'm putting don't. Jaime Hawkins at number three. <laughs> I'll go ahead and reveal my first pick. Okay. How about you? Mo, who's Mo. your three? Yeah, Jaime Hawkins is number three for me, too. Okay. Good. Donovan? I, I have know. Chet. You have Chet at three? No, he's lying. He's strong. He's strong. He's strong. I have Chet at three. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lying. Are you out of your fucking mind? I have Chet at three. All he right, Chad Holmgren at three. <laughs> Chad, is Donovan faded? <laughs> Go ahead and explain. <laughs> um, listen, I just think that like Jaime being able to step in and contribute on 
like I think that he carries a lot of offensive load for what Miami's doing that Chet gets to benefit off of a lot of other playmakers. So I I think that Jaime has has a case. Wow. You're spreading your cheeks oh. wide for that man, Jaime. Wow. I've Chet at three. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm just let's go ahead and do the whole top three for now because this is pretty simple. I went Chet at one. Oh, let me. I went Chet Holmgren at one, obviously, and then Wemby at two. I think that's yeah. pretty firmly what it's going to be. Okay. And I think Jaime is a distant third because he's just not a star like these guys. Mo, are you in agreement? Yeah, I, I have the same exact thing. I got Chet at number one, and then I got Wemby at number two. Okay, so you know ball. Donovan, do you have Jaime at two? I'll go one and two. So my one is Chet and my two is Chet because he's the only rookie that matters. Oh, oh my god! Three. He's all three. Oh my god! It matters. Oh y'all. I don't care what any other rookies doing this year. Chet Holmgren is out here. He's dominating both ends of the floor. He's facing the floor. He's getting blocked. He's doing everything. Don't mess with Chet. He has oh the do rag on, on the on the plane. Listen, Hennessy playing space. He's GD too. You know hey. that too, Donovan. Where is he? <laughs> GD. Listen, he's GD ROI. He's HIM. <laughs> Understand what it is. What a fake Understand out! What it is. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, no, you got my ass. I was over here thinking this guy's an idiot. He's gonna get us roasted. <laughs> We're gonna get clipped and put on Twitter. These motherfuckers don't know anything. Who gave them a mic? Not everybody should have a podcast. But you so came sad. through. I respect I, it. <laughs> I love. I love. I love Chet so much. I love what he's doing this year. He's fantastic. I think like his impact for the Thunder has, again, been everything that they needed. I've talked about it several times. They they were playing all last year without a center. And now they finally have the 7-4 guy who's mobile, who can do stuff off the dribble. He's he's fantastic. 100%. He's Coming into the year, we all picked Wemby because we think long-term he'll be the better player. And it's like, how do you yes. not pick him, you know? Yes. Chet, granted, he's in a situation to succeed far more than Wemby is. You know, like you said, he's he has a legitimately great team around him that makes his life much easier than Wemby's life is playing with the worst team in the league, arguably, besides the Pistons, I guess. But it doesn't matter, because Chet has taken that role and done exactly what you need from him. He's carried the defense. He's done his part on offense. He's been an incredible shooter. It's just basically, if you said it was easier for him, it doesn't matter because he's made up for that and been that much better than Wemby has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. I always say, like, when it comes to young players... 90% of the starting career is heavily based off of your situation. Okay, maybe 90 is too, too much, but, like, it's sizable. It's sizable, just know that. Yeah. And, of course, like, having Shea and um, J-Dub and Lou Dort and all them boys helps a lot. Makes your job so much easier. But Chet hasn't, like, he hasn't had to go through any rookie curve or anything like that or any real learning process. Because he just hit the ground running. Now, yes, of course, like, he is – uh. He's a rookie, but he's been in the league, technically speaking, for an entire 365 days. But that doesn't matter. We've seen players before who've been in the league for a little minute or whatever, and they just don't look like they're on none. But for him to thrive in his role this much and kick the OKC Thunder to this high of a gear and be one of the main reasons, in my opinion, for this team to be top 10 on offense and defense, alongside Shea, of course, and Ludwig. Top five on both. Oh, top five is ridiculous. Last time I checked, they were top ten. But unless God they fell it. out, let me check. Maybe I'm yapping. Yeah, I think. But that, I think regardless of the fact, that is insane. And Chet is easily one of the most impactful players in the rookie point blank period. Now we're not talking about rook- like rookies. Players, he is. 
<laughs> and never mind. They fell to the number eight in offense, and currently they're number six in defense. Okay, so they fell out of top five in both. But still, top ten in both is crazy. Chet is currently shooting 38% from three, 48% from mid-range, 72% at the rim. While being the weakest, skinniest he'll ever be, he's going to be a truly great scorer. His handle was outrageous for his size. Legitimately great defensive player. When we get to DPOY later in this stream, you might see his name. That's all I'm going to say. And I just don't know how you could not put him number one. Mm, wow. Yeah. He's, he's rookie of the year. He got yeah. it. Yeah, he easily is. Now, with that being said, Wemby is still fantastic. We all know this. We all acknowledge this. But Greg Popovich is on a whole other mission right now. Y'all ain't seen <laughs> the He doesn't give a fuck about no 2023 season. Doesn't give a fuck about no 2024 season. He's worried about the NBA draft. You know what I'm saying? Wemby's going to get his stats regardless. <laughs> Isaiah Collier is the name. Yeah, he's playing for Isaiah Collier. That's Pop's number one objective right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. That is the goal. And long term, this is what you have to do. Sorry. And if I was Pops, I'd do the same exact thing. Yep. All right, man. We, we move on. This one's pretty cut and dry, I think. Wemby's going to be fantastic. We all know it. He just doesn't have the efficiency. just doesn't have... Anything that compares to what Chet's doing so far, I guess I'll pull up a comparison of both their stats. Yeah. It's just, you know, when it comes to raw production, he just hasn't been able to. And, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, we don't fault him for it because team situation is night and day. But listen, we don't, we don't grade on the curve. Chet's been better, simple and plain. Exactly. Agreed. Let's, come, let's look at the stats comparison. Yeah. You know, let me, while, while we pull this up, let's, let's get the, a, a poll going in chat. Chat, who is y'all's rookie of the year? We got Chet, I'm and we got Big Vic, the Big Vicky. Let's get this going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we let's got see. this comparison pulled up. Vicky with two C's. <laughs> so, nice, nice seven amount of games. Wemby's averaging two points more, two and a half rebounds more. More. Wemby's averaging everything and counting the stats. Wemby's got him there and everything. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me share screen with y'all. Y'all can see. And but you look at these shooting percentages, night and day. Fifty-one percent field goal for Chet, thirty-seven percent from three, which is wildly different than Wemby's twenty-five percent. Everything higher, effective field goal percentage much higher, and all the advanced stats killing him. Wemby's at negative one point four in box plus minus, which means he's not, you know, positively impactful as a rookie. Chet's at mm -hmm. four point four. That is crazy for a rookie, which is all because his defensive value is nuts. Yeah, last year, OKC, they were ranked the 14th best defense in the NBA, which is still good, you know what I'm saying, especially for a team that young. But this year, they are, what, number seven or eight, and I, I would put a lot of that on him. You know what I'm saying? They haven't made any real roster changes at all. They just added a new center. Guess what? You don't have another Jalen Williams running the big, or you don't have Alexei Pokusevsky, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, trying to make <laughs> the five spot. It's really, it was ridiculous. Shout yeah, shout out to Foku, skinny head, man. He's a great player. <laughs> he had to roast him. But yeah, man. We can move on. Rookie of the year is cut and dry. We all love yeah. Chet. We all love Wemby. They're going to be great for years to come. I look forward to seeing this rivalry continue. But before we move on to the next one, we're currently at 407 likes. 646 of y'all on stream right now. That means there's at least 220 of y'all that haven't liked it. So do us a favor. Run up the likes. Let's get this as high as we can. Hopefully we get to 10,000 likes. I'm not 10,000. That'd be crazy. To 1,000 likes by the end of the stream. <laughs> 10,000 likes. And you, have, you might have to do something spicy on this stream, Isaac. That's crazy. Uh, you're, you're always volunteering me. You're the one who wants to do skim hauls left and right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you're the one who wants to bust down and get your ego on every us. stream. We were begging us pre-show to do another skims review. And we were like, eh, like, let's keep it to the awards this time. And Mo was like, listen, I just got a new three-pack. Like, they might want to see it. <laughs> 
and you're letting the people know that you robbed us of good content. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Next thing we can do, let's talk about most improved player next. Because I think this is going to okay. be a very fun one. Because there's, cause there's a lot more names in here that can be in the running. Yeah. I'll go first. My number five, Jalen Johnson, Atlanta's finest, mm. has been at times their second best player this year. One of their most important players has made a leap from being a guy at the end of the bench who gets no run. And you can question whether that was deserved or not, given the coaching situation last year, to being a guy who was legitimately a high-level role player that, listen, they haven't been good, so it hasn't made a huge difference. But in a situation where they do become good, he'll be the type of guy that can put you over the top and give you that extra juice needed from the forward spots that they just didn't have before with DeAndre Hunter and whoever else was there filling in those spots. I'm all in on him being really good for a really long time. Wow, that makes me so happy. Uh, Yeah, coming into the season, I didn't really have him on my ballot, even though, like, there was a clear direct pathway for him, Because, but I just really wasn't sure how good he was going to be. But mm-hmm. using that hindsight, using that hindsight, <clears throat> I kind of would want to have him higher on this list because his ceiling, I don't want to say, like, seems to be limitless or anything like that, but if he could... But it wouldn't surprise me at all if he turned into a 20-point score some time in his career in the NBA. Like, no, not, not one bit. 100% could. Yeah. I, I think he could do that this year if he was on a different team. It's just, you know, he's playing next to two high-usage guards. What is he averaging right now? Let's pull up his stats. He's averaging 14 points, like seven, nine boards, and like two or three assists a game. And he's shooting yeah. really well from three, but that may be a little bit fluky because, you know, low volume. And that those. I think happen. he looks like a good shooter. He looks really improved there. His like, shot? Yo, when we – I remember we talked about him during the summer, and we were talking about how funky – and like two, three steppy, his shot looked. It looks glitchy. It looked like one of the nasty 2K created shots. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That are horribly wrong. But it seriously has performed. And yo, we have Kyle Corbett in our corner, and he's literally in the front office and also in the front office. He's in the trenches with these players, working with a one on one. I've seen so many clips of uh, him practicing with, with Jalen Johnson on his just form overall, and it's fucking paying off, bro. Jalen Johnson is one of these, is on the short list of players that are untouchable on our roster. Oh, that's that's quite the claim. Okay. He's currently shooting 73% at the rim, 54% on mid-range, which granted only 39 attempts, and 44% from three, 47% from the corners. This man does not miss. Three-level score. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Same, he's, bro. Yeah. I love him. So you, got him, him. you have him higher on your list. Interesting. Okay, well, Mo, what's your number uh, five? Not that, not that much. Not that much. Number five, I have Jalen Suggs. Jalen um, Suggs. Okay. Yeah. Now... Statistically wise, he hasn't made like an insane leap whatsoever. But when it comes to a lot of the stuff that I was preaching about him and his archetype and what this Matt Orlando Magic team needed overall from him, he's encompassed that like fully. You know what I'm saying? He's he, yeah. he's accepted that role and he's a big part of their identity. Last year he averaged just shy under ten points per game and he shot forty one percent from the field. This year he's averaging twelve points per game and he's shooting forty four percent from the field basically 45% from the field and he's shooting 36, 37% from three point land also. And that just goes a long way for a team that is three point starved in this era. Now I, again, preface that this dude, when it comes, when you think about like most improved player, he is not the typical mold because <laughs> be real. We're all looking at points per game. Stat. Like who makes that biggest leap? And he has yeah. not made that, leap. but I'm looking aside of that. And when you factor in that, Impact, he is that for me. That's why I have him at number five. 
I like that. Yeah, yeah. Typically, this award goes to just people that average the most points they didn't before. So, realistically, he probably won't win it. But I like the the not n- the nudge to him because he's been legitimately great, especially defensively. The Magic have been a top three defense all year. His point of attack defense and just playmaking aspect there is a huge reason why. And even scoring him better. He's at his career high from two, career high from three, career high in most stats. Yeah, exactly, man. And for him to get all those pieces going together, being sort of a Drew Holiday slash Marcus Smart mix, you know, there's a lot of good and bad in between those, but also at the same time, there's so much good with that. And that's what this team needs. And uh, he's the, uh, he is one of the main reasons why they're just so good this season. Someone said Mo looks like uh, Clint Capella. Mo, how do you answer those allegations? That's... I've been told. You, you know I've... what that is. You know yeah. what that is. Yeah. Yeah, we all know what that is. We all know what that exactly. is. Those allegations. Somebody earlier. Somebody no, exactly what the, we know exactly what that what? is. That's Guess facts. what? That's <laughs> wrong. Oh, You're getting on the list now. And just for that, you have <laughs> breaking news. Isaac Gutierrez <laughs> has received a one-week Banned from the ah. screen. We got mods now in this bitch. Roll all right, all right, all right. Hit him. Sick him. <laughs> Shout out to Jechi for the $5. He said, been listening and loving the stream for a while now. Y'all might have already addressed this, but if not, how did you guys meet? Want, want to talk about this real quick while we, before we move on? Yeah, why not? Sure. Me and Donovan have been friends since college, so we've known each other for a long time. That was the origin of that. We started the podcast. just going to be us two originally. Me and Mo know each other because we both worked at House of Highlights at the same time. Post-college, we were both interns there. He was the intern the year after me. We met through there, became friends. And once I got the idea of doing a show with Donovan, thought about it. Oh, we got to add Mo to this bitch because that three-person dynamic will be perfect. And he came on the show one time, and it clicked so well. And from there, we knew we, we couldn't change up the dynamic from there. And yeah, that's man. the origin. Good story. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to tell that a million times. You yeah. are. You are. They're crowning you. They get, used to, get used to it. That was uh, that was honestly the fastest version you've ever told. In fact, it, so. I'm so used to it. Just fucking rattle the bitch off now. But shout oh, out, yeah. Jesse. Thank you for the $5. Appreciate y'all don- donating to the stream. Donovan, <laughs> who is your number five spot? My number five goes to Mr. Cam Thomas. Okay. I, I love Cam it. Cam Thomas on the list. I wanted to put him higher just because if we are like projecting the, the ballot, like most said, a lot of times you get to this award and it's just... All right, who's scoring the most points? And Cam went from 10 points to 23 points right now. Yep. And he is he's a fantastic scorer. He's an automatic bucket. And so I I think that he's a guy that has always been able to like light up the scoreboard in in you know small appearances and now being like a featured member of that Brooklyn Nets offense. I think that he's probably gonna get like that sticker shock of Oh, he increases yeah. points per game by 13 points. That's going to be huge. So I expect to see him on a lot of ballots. 100%. I had him number five at first, too. I took him off just because I felt like Jalen Johnson is going to get that love for just being a truly effective player on a team that's trying to make mm-hmm. a playoff push. I thought Cam, I thought the logic for leaving Cam Thomas off at the end of the year might be um, we knew he could do this. He was just good in spurts last year, just getting more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll leave him off and have him finish like sixth. But, you know, listen, I've been as pro cam thomas as anybody so yeah. i'm very okay with him being on the list i feel yeah. that also also just just for like discretion i didn't have Jalen johnson on my list just because i think he's gonna miss too many games to yeah. be like qualified for the award but if he if he was still playing right now he would definitely be on my list facts fair enough yeah again cam thomas is a walking bucket tbd if he can add the other parts to his game to make him a really effective player on a team as a starter but for you now that, that man this can... award 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't need that for this. Oh, buckets. That's hilarious. All right, we can move on to the next one because I think we might have some uh, congruency. So let's just try to fly through these. Next one, I have Mr. This is a surprise, you guys, because he hasn't played very many games yet. And for Nee Simons. Mm. I had going to the season, I thought he'd win the award. First yes. game of the season, motherfucker broke his hand. And I dragged him on my fantasy team. I was pissed. But he just came back, and he should be healthy the rest of the season. And I picked him to start of the year to win most improved because, simple. Damian Lillard's gone. Scoot's a rookie. DeAndre Ayton doesn't have the dog in him. There's a lot of shots to be taken by somebody, and it's not going to be Jeremy Grant. It's going to be Anthony Simons, and he's going to walk into the number one option role and just have crazy usage compared to his previous years. And I figured he'd average like 26 points per game, seven assists, whatever. Quintessential, most improved player type stat line. And though he's only played three games, he's currently averaging 25 points per game, doing exactly that. Granted, you know, he missed a lot of time, so the efficiency is iffy right now because he, like I said, was hurt. Once that comes around, I think he's going to push up to that 27 like I thought, and I can see him winning it. I just put him here for now just because of the missed games that he's going to be out of people's minds for a while. He's missed a lot of games. He's only played three games so far this season. Uh, so I don't I don't know how – because of that, I'm not sure how realistic it is necessarily. I forgot but you got to play 65. Is it even possible for him? Yeah. 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 Okay, oh, so maybe, 65. Maybe it won't be him because maybe he's not – maybe it's not possible for him to play 65. I don't remember the math. But <laughs> I still like it. I still like it. Yeah, fuck that rule. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have who we think should win. <laughs> Yeah, man. So over here, I have a little bit of overlap with you, Donovan. I have okay. Cam Thomas at number four. Um, nice. I don't want to say that I've seen real improvement in his game because he's done nothing that has like shocked me at all. Because I knew he was a walking bucket since he was in LSU, and since he just he he's rattling off literally super similar stat lines and numbers, and I just think that this is who he is. But something that has improved in a situation is the opportunity, of course. And that is a major thing when it comes to considering this award for anybody. So, yeah, man, he got the buckets and he got the he got the opportunity. And that's it. That's all you need, bro, to be on my ballot. And they're just undeniable at this point. So, yeah, he's he deserves bucket. it. He, uh, in, the com- in the chat, Ian Tuttle said Isaiah Joe. That's a dope pick. I love Isaiah Joe. He is Thanks. so good. And he needs to start over Josh Giddy so fucking bad because Josh Giddy is ruining their offense every time he's on the court. I need Isaiah Joe in that starting lineup. I just don't think he can be in the running for most improved just because of minutes usage type thing. That's just not not the direction they ever go with this vote. But he's a good pick for a player that has actually improved a ton. Yeah, I agree. That's, listen, that's my guy. Love Isaiah Joe. Absolutely. All right, who's who's next? your next one, Mo? I mean, Donovan, who's your four? My four is Scotty Barnes. Interesting. Ooh, wow. I him because he was the rookie of the year. And MIP? Listen, it, it's not, that's not um, unheard of. It's not, a, it's not unheard right. of. That's ISO. Explain it. Tell us why you have switched sides. So I think for Scotty Barnes, this is low-key like a comeback player of the year award because a lot of people mm. were down on him after last season. And even though that the Raptors aren't like great right now and we all you know hate watching them play offense, Scotty Barnes so has been he, Scotty Barnes has been great, right? And we talk about increasing your your points to just be able to to have that on paper. He's gone from 15 points a game to 19 points per, I mean to 20 points per game. He's averaging three more rebounds than he was last year. He's averaging more assists, he's averaging more steals, he's averaging more blocks, right? He's he's shooting better from the from the three-point line. He's shooting better from the field overall. And so his ability to come back and improve in literally 
every single aspect. I think a lot of people forgot that Scotty Barnes could play basketball at a high level and now he's doing it. And they, I think that people are going to give him a little bit of credit because they, they, they were probably too far down on Scotty last year. No, I respect it. Scotty Barnes has been really good. I was one of them that probably fell a little too far down. I was extremely high on him before and kind of just like came down to earth, but he's been great. Like he's going to be in the running for an all-star spot if they win enough games. Yeah. That's crazy. Are they they though? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but I mean, He'll be in the running. <laughs> Listen, yeah, if two people get hurt, Scotty Barnes, you can be an all-star. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> two people. <laughs> That's messed. It's hilarious. Yeah, I didn't include him though because I just feel like you win Rookie of the Year and you're kind of expected to be on this trajectory. And I don't know, they only really award guys like that. Like you know, Jaw won his second year, but that's because he made like a true star, star leap, so it was kind of undeniable. And Scottie that's why Jaw was is... at one. <laughs> I've got it at four. True, true. But, like, Scotty, if he, if he was still averaging, like, the 25 points per game he started the year averaging, I, I could see it. He might fuck around and win that bitch if that was the case. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, he's averaging 19. He's, he's had a good season. He's improving. His three-point shot is falling. It looks real. He's clearly a better player than he was last year. I just don't know if he's going to get votes over some of the guys that kind of came from a smaller starting point. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Great. That's great. That's great. So, up next, um, did, is it my go or your go, Isaac? You can go. Go ahead. Cool. You got something to say? Up next, real quick, Jalen Johnson, okay, he's third on my ballot. Uh, okay. I don't even think he's improved so much or whatever, but we already talked about him. I'm just going to double up and go to number two because it's super relevant to this conversation. Um, talked about John Murray winning the MIP a couple years ago. Personally, I don't agree with the idea of him winning it um, because I already I, he was a number two overall pick. He should be on that trajectory already. Everybody should know that he is that guy. But yeah. seeing what the NBA landscape has turned into and evolved into, with this same exact knowledge apply, there is no reason why Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton should be on anyone's ballot. You know what I'm saying? So you got him at two? Um, yeah, I have him at two. I don't okay. have him winning it because I don't think that'll that's what it'll come down to. But seeing what the media pushes and seeing what they tend to vote for, Tyrese Halliburton is probably going to be that guy. Obviously, we have all seen the leap that he's made. I'm pretty sure we can all agree that he's, like, you know what I'm saying, turned into a little shape, shape being in my mind sometimes. But regardless of the fact, last year he went from averaging 20 points per game to 27, you know what I'm saying, went from 10 assists per game to 12 assists per game. While doing all that, he averages he averages a le- a less turnovers, you know what I'm saying? And he's also way more. How can you not see the true superstar type of leap from him and give it to him after you give someone like John Morant that award. Now, if you do that, you're changing the entire def- definition of the award, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm holding the NBA landscape accountable. <laughs> yeah, you put him at two. Listen, I was very tempted to put him at one. He's also <laughs> on my ballot. I think, for the same reason you outlined, I want to put him at one because I think it's incredibly difficult to make that transition from being a really good player, low-level all-star, to like being one of the best players in the world. That's incredibly difficult. I ended up going the same as you. I put him at number two. But I would not blame anybody for putting him at one. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, go, I'll go ahead and reveal mine. I got him at two as well. Sorry, I see y'all in the chat saying Moe's mic was fucking up. Yeah, the, the, the connection got crazy for a second. Stream almost went down, but we're back. We're back. I hope y'all can hear us now. <laughs> oh, man, thank God. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, listen. We still haven't gotten Moe out the hood yet. We're almost there. The Wi-Fi was taking a turn for the worse, but we're back. Yeah, man. We are back. Don, is Tyrese Halliburton on your list too? He is on my list, yes. What spot is he in? He's in number two. Okay, so we all agree. 
that would would you did you consider putting him at one? I did. Um, I, I I really think that we're all like in lockstep here. Um, I wanted to. Uh, it's the the jump that we that he's made, and for all of us here confidently to be like, yeah, like he's the top three point guard in the league is amazing. The in-season tournament run that he had was fantastic. He yeah. like refuses to turn the ball over. Most calling him the new age point god. Um, you know, like it's just it's kind of undeniable how great he's been this year. So I did want to put him at one, but in the spirit of the award, there was somebody else that I think has a better chance to to win it. Yeah, mm. oh, and I would have yeah. went Tyrese. Only reason I didn't is because he made an All Star last year. So I gave him that credit, and yes. I didn't go with him. You know who I did put number one over him? Wait, wait, man wait, on the screen right you now. Put it, wait, who'd you put at three? We'll come back to that. I'm already in the middle of this. The man <laughs> on the screen right now, Tyrese Maxey is number one. I think we can all agree on that. If you didn't put Tyrese uh, Halliburton there, you had to have put the other Tyrese there. Yeah, He's made a similar leap. Not say similar because Tyrese is a, a, a tier above, right? Like he's legitimately mm-hmm. a top five point guard. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey might be pushing top ten. And he wasn't sniffing all-star conversations last year. So... While we all want to reward Tyrese Halliburton for making the hardest leap in the game, Tyrese Maxey made a bigger leap when you think about where he came from. So yeah. I, we all got to go double Tyrese one and two, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tyrese Maxey went from being in conversations alongside his counterpart, former teammate or whatever, um, Tyler Hero, to now being one of the best point guards in the entire NBA. And he could easily, I think... Personally, I'm sure we can all agree to this. He's going to be an all-star this year, bro. Averaging, what, 26, 27 a game and seeing that leap in playmaking and legitimately, like, improving micro aspects of his game that end up making macro macro impacts is just – it's Okay, monumental. Mr. Vocab. Bar. 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 Right Bar. Yeah. yeah, Scholar Mo in the building. Bitch. Don't play with me. <laughs> 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 Let me spam a W take. Spam uh, Scholar Mo in the chat. Let me see Scholar Mo so, everywhere. There we go. Yeah, I gotta get my. I gotta get in my bag right now. There we go. It's only yeah, right. <laughs> we got the monocle. Okay. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, man. Tyrese Maxey has been like Kurt Rambis. <laughs> <laughs> Look like Kareem. I think we can go Tyrese Maxey across the board. He has been yeah. clearly. By far the biggest surprise of the season. Well, not even say surprise because I think a lot of people saw this coming. Donovan projected this last year. He was just a year ahead. So it, some people saw it coming, but you couldn't have predicted he'd make this kind of a leap in one year to go to trade 27 points per game and be a legit star. Like, we were like, are the 76ers going to be the five seed? Like, how are they going to recover from losing Harden for, you know, role players? doesn't matter because Maxi is that guy and completely fills that void with ease. It's because yeah. Harden was the problem, and now my guy can shine. He has all the room <laughs> in the world to shine and be a, be a great you know point guard and be everything that Embiid needs. Like this version of Tyrese Maxey is probably what like the second best guard that Embiid has played with. Like yeah. if you want to count, you know, like Jimmy Butler's one, yeah. and then this version of Tyrese Maxey. And I think all of us, all of us trust Maxey more than we do Harden in a playoff situation to not just fold like we've never seen before. And now that Embiid has somebody that he can actually lean on, the Sixers have a legitimate chance to like make some noise in the East. So yeah, Maxi, Maxi's fantastic. He's my one. Awesome. Uh, I see some chats, people in the chat saying, how did Sengu not make the list? 
Exactly. I'm glad you said that because he absolutely did. He's number three for me. We had to gloss over it for the way it was flowing. He's my three as well. I love it. Alperin Sengun slots in perfectly after the two Tyrese's because I think he has also made the star leap and maybe he won't be an all-star this year because it's hard to make it in the West, but he's been the best player on that team easily. And he was last year too. We all knew it. He just had an unserious coach that didn't want to play through him, relegated him to a role that diminished his best skills. And now Ime Doka came in and has been one of the best coaches of the year candidates in the league and has empowered him to be the best player, run the offense through him, be mini Jokic, be the next, you know, Jokic Sabonis type player. I say that because he's a white center that can pass good. That's all it means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's legitimately great Scrappy. and is going to be an all-star at least once in his career. Scrappy, sneaky, athletic guy. You know, <laughs> plays the game the right way. Exactly. <laughs> last year, he went from – so last year he averaged 15 points, nine boards, and four assists. This year he's averaging legit 21, nine, and six assists per game. He also see he also saw a leap in his – well, actually, all of his shooting splits are down a little bit. I thought they were kind of up, kind of crazy to me that they're slightly down, but whatever yeah, case, yeah. yeah, whatever case may be, you know what I'm saying? He is legitimately the face of that franchise right now, and I'm not saying like, oh, he, you can win a championship with this guy or anything like that. With the stages that Houston Rockets are in, they just needed somebody that they can stick to, someone that they can help, you know what I'm saying, try to form some type of identity around, and Alfred Sengun is one of those pieces, and they quickly moved away from – uh, Jalen Green, you know what I'm saying, because of the his development hasn't been where you want it to be. And that opens up a whole, a whole nother conversation that I had in the back of mind too, in the back of my mind too, that we could talk about for like a hot second. The NBA G League, what are they good for? They've oh, had they produced zero talent. So yeah, they, y'all, y'all, they've. <laughs> I gotta use the bathroom quick. Y'all talk about this. <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what do you mean? The the G League? Okay, okay, listen. The G League is actually like very alive and thriving and a lot of players go to the G League and come back up right whether it's for five ten games for the whole season but you have a lot of guys who come who go there come back and then they figure out how to play basketball like true so let me me, this is my fault let me get into specifics the G League Ignite specifically that team that popped up over the last few years to where you know saying yo instead of going to college instead of going to do Kentucky Come over here. Focus on hoops. You got you're literally in the NBA and you got the best developmental league. You know what I'm saying? Developing what? I see Scoot Henderson out here and he's, he, he looks like not I don't want to say the complete opposite of prospect or player that I think he's gonna be. I still see those shades, but he's had a vastly underwhelming rookie year so far. He's a point guard, whatever it happens. Look at Jonathan Kaminga, ain't on none, Jalen Green, ain't on none, you know what I'm saying? Uh Shaq Sun. He ain't on none, so it's like, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Mr. Shaq's crazy straight. Okay, <laughs> <I know. laughs> he he needs Sharif alone. <laughs> but I'm just questioning the validity of that organization if that is really like a better pathway for kids, bro. Like, yeah, not a great track record so far. Someone said Isaac took a signature bathroom break. It's true. I do be pissing. It's true. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. That's that's fair. I don't. I don't want to talk about the about the G League. Let's move on to the no, <laughs> to no, the no, next no. award. Yeah. What's next? Next up, we're gonna go to Six Man of the Year. Who do y'all? y'all when do y'all go first? Who is y'all hmm. fit spot? Who you got? We have fit. We just asked each other. <laughs> no, you got it. So funny. Who so, you go with? Yeah, so 
this is just like a points per game competition quite literally we said that about the mip that's literally all the six man player of the year award is and for me i wanted to give it to someone who was more impactful on a broader scale and i don't know if he'll count by the end of the season but i gave it to isaiah joe at number five he deserves some type of place on my list and now he's not like averaging he's probably average he's averaging like a solid 10 points so far this season but I think at number five is a great spot for him because he still has an insane impact in the game. Okay, I like that. Donovan, who's your five? I have Malik Monk at five. Give him at five, okay. I had Ow. Malik Monk a good little bit higher. Yeah. I Listen, Malik Monk is he's exactly what you think Malik Monk is. Like I don't, he's, he's very much a spark plug for, for what they do. He's able to to win them some games. He can, he can score at a, at a very high level, and it's like – Whenever, whenever they were in the, whenever they were in the the playoffs last year, him and Fox were going crazy, and like that amount of firepower, and that amount of like on ball creation from somebody else outside of De'Aaron Fox, it means it means a lot, especially because like Herder and Sabonis, they do a lot of stuff off ball move moving or Sabonis as a hub. So I think having that other playmaker and score from that, you know, from that area from that archetype really helps. And if the Kings are good enough, right, if they, they keep winning games and they're a solid team like we all expect them to be, I think Malik Monk will get some consideration. Okay. Wow. I put Malik Monk at two, actually. So I'm yeah, gonna, I did too. Whenever y'all say name, I'm just going to go ahead and fill him up where I had him. Let's fly through six man of the year. I had him yeah. at two. You too, Mo? Yeah, I had him at two as well. That's crazy as fuck. I think Malik Monk has been fantastic. He has been when, – when he had that year with the Lakers, I feel like he kind of like – found a way to kindle his skills, kindle's not a word, to put his skills together in a way that he never was able to with the Hornets and find like a contributing role in a winning team. When mm-hmm. the Hornets were kind of a shit show and everyone was just out there getting theirs, he kind of found a way to be a spark plug and play within the parts of an offense that can use his skills, right, without taking away from anybody else. We're seeing that to the 20th degree this year. He's even better than he was last year and the year before that. He's averaging 15 points per game and 5.2 assists which shocks me coming from Leek Monk, someone I never profiled as a playmaker. Never but in his, his bag. Never. But his blend of three-point shooting, getting to the rim, secondary playmaking, fits perfectly with the King system. I could see him being one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Easily. I agree. I agree 110%. I'll go with my number five. I forgot. At number five, I did have Trey Murphy because I think he'll start. He's mm-hmm. only played a few games, kind of like Simons, but I think he's going to climb his way into that. But if somebody I forgot about that I'm going to slide in here now, Nas Reed has to be on this list. Mm, I forgot whoa. about Nas Reed, but he's 100% in the running. Loki, I might have to put him higher. I just forgot about him, so I'm throwing him on here now. Nas Reed has been incredible. We've all known that. We've all been big Nas Reed's fans for since last year. But the dimension that you have by having a stretch big off the bench that can kind of do the same things as Cat, defend arguably a little better, do some creation with the ball in his hands and like enable you to always have a talented big on the court or always have two of them on the court if you want. That's incredibly valuable. And even if he isn't producing as much as some other guys in terms of like points per game off the bench, his role with that team is crazy valuable. Yeah, you're right. They just, bro, like he turns, he he makes that team, I don't want to say like monstrous because Rudy Gobert's there, Cat's there, Ant's there and all that and Denny Dams are on the boys, but he does nothing but emphasize their identity and I guess I'll really reveal it right now. Go out of the loop a little bit, but he's my number one. He's um, number one. Yeah, he's number one for me. He's nice. Me. Now, if you look at like 
he hasn't seen that much of a leap compared to his previous year. Last year, he averaged 11 points, and this year he's at like 13 points per game. But mm-hmm. he is a tad bit more efficient, um, or at least he was uh, more efficient from the three-point from three-point line. He's improved as a shooter, and that's been obviously huge for a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, who don't have a vast amount of those at all. And so, yeah, man, I think I just think I love Nazarene. I love Nazarene. Earlier this season for a hot second, he was 50, 40, 90. You know what I'm saying? And now he's dropped back down. Yeah, uh, tremendously or whatever. But regardless of the fact, Nasri is super impactful, and that team is completely different without him. Listen, he's 50, 36, 90. That's great for a center. Fantastic. Fantastic. And like you say, it's just the, the simple fact of always having being able to have a stretch big on the court at all times. No other team can say that, I don't think, off the top of my head. Like having a every moment of the court, you can have a big who can shoot threes and block shots. That's crazy. That's why they're the top defense in the league. They could always have these guys out there, and he plays a big part of that. Yeah, exactly, man. Good grief. Donovan, is he on your list? <laughs> this man with his old man sayings. I love, <laughs> love it, though. Um, okay. At four, at four, I have Emmanuel Quickly. Okay. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, I'm quick at quick at four. He's been he's been good. He hasn't been as like as efficient as he was last year, but he's still like he can still come into the game and give the Knicks really like exactly what they need whenever Brunson goes to the bench and or like play alongside him like he plays. He he's able to like just keep the Knicks afloat. And for a team that is very like defense heavy, second chance points heavy, right? The offense isn't like super smooth like that. I love IQ at, at four. I think there's there's some guys that have played a little bit better than than him, but yeah. he's yeah, he's he deserves to be on the list. You know what's crazy? What? Me and you? Ugh. I also have quickly at four. Look at that. Locked in. I love, I love, yeah, shout out to quickly. I love his game. I love his game, man. He deserves he deserves to be on there absolutely. He, Hooper. Is he on your list? No, he's not on my list. He did not make my list. Um, someone who did make my list though, who I have to show respect for, and I this is just like every basketball nerds, one of their favorite players is Andrew Nemhard. Nemhard, okay. It's like whatsoever you know what i'm saying but in terms of what what the indiana pacers need which is defense he gives that and he's one of the few players who gives his all to that and also when i've talked about this a lot before in the past players who players who just add a lot of value when it comes to keeping the offense going when your best player is not there he's one of those players who you know what I'm saying? The, the Pacers really rely on to keep the shit afloat once Tyrese is down. And so, yeah. He's also yeah, I don't have fun. Nimhart on my list, but I like that. I, I can respect it. I just couldn't he's do it because there's too many guys. Like, yeah. I, there's just so many guys. This is, this is honestly a deep year for six man of the year. Not a ton of like big um, points per game scores that we have in past years. Like, there's no like Lou yeah. Williams or Jordan Clarkson, but yeah. a lot of good role players. At number three, I have somebody who I see the chat is spamming up. He should be on this list. I agree. I have Cole Anthony at three. Oh man, that's a great pick. He that is, is a great awesome. pick. I wish I, I had him love him. If he was six foot five, he'd be an all star. He is Bro. so good. <laughs> yeah, he is so good. He's honestly he's not that efficient this year. But when you watch them play, he's just so clearly a spark plug of the offense that when he comes in off the bench, you can just feel that they have extra juice coming in. Because you know in the starting lineup, they play through their two fours. They're kind of their main creators. And that's kind of how their offense runs with their defense being the main driving factor. 
Cole Anthony is so clearly one of their three best offensive players. And while he isn't crazy efficient, isn't averaging 20 points per game or anything, he's kind of like Nas Reed where he plays a very essential role to his team. And I think that should be rewarded. Yeah. I'll compare it to someone like um, Malik Monk, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. he's, he's been pretty efficient so far this season. He's shooting 45% from the field and 36% from three-point three point range. And this is easily one of the most efficient years of his career. He has cemented his role perfectly. Yo, yeah, right. I, I love that you said earlier that if he was 6'5", he would be an all-star. Bro, he would <laughs> he would be phenomenal. He would be Back. phenomenal people. And he already is great as a player, but man, that's just a whole nother gear. And that's why, you know what I'm saying, the Orlando Magic went ahead and gave him the, the contract decisions that they did. They can't yeah, go I see, uh, Oh, where is I missed it. Oh, Clay Ken Sports said, where's Sadiq Bey? Mo, please, Mo, I respect Sadiq Bey. Do you think Sadiq <laughs> Bey should be in this running, Mo, as a Hawks fan? I would put Bogdan Bogdanovich before I put Sadiq Bey. Although Sadiq Bey's been, you know what I'm saying, good, he's like... I want. He's just not. He doesn't deserve to be on his list. Sorry. Yeah. Like, nah. I, I I thought about putting Bogdan. If I, I, I there's some other young guys I want to reward, but Bogdan could definitely be on here. Yeah. He's Donovan. Who's your three? Like top five on a regular person's ballot for sure. Yeah. I think. Listen, we are locked in at four. We're locked in again at at three. I have Cole Anthony at three. Let's go. Yeah. He's like listen. Every, everything you said is fantastic. I pulled up his lineups. The main lineup that he's a part of, right? The bench lineup. Him, Gary Harris, Joe Ingles. Um, uh, Jonathan Isaac and then Mo Wagner plus 17 and a half with that lineup out on the, on the floor it's like Cole, An- Cole Anthony and he's everybody knows he's the bucket getter in that lineup right Cole Anthony is fantastic and so yeah he's he's three yeah Cole Anthony's Sorry. amazing I I want him so bad to be able to start one day I don't know if it's in the cards for him but I, I need to see it bad just as a Cole Anthony fan mm-hmm all right, Donovan, let's keep going. You're the one with more, more spots available. Who's your number two, Donovan? My number two is Mr. Laker himself, Austin Reeves. Ooh. Okay, I am because again, we are we are projecting. I think that I think that this Lakers buzz is is going to get there. He's also starting to he, he's starting to play better than he was when he first started the the season, and. Now that the Lakers are going to get rolling and we're going to see them in this like very, very like defensive heavy type stuff, Austin Reeves' offense is going to come in and it's going to be a very, very big deal. And let's say that the Lakers don't make a move for another star and they keep the offense the way that it is and they don't have some crazy firepower. Austin Reeves, again, is going to be very essential to what the Lakers do offensively. And that is going to, I, in, my, in my mind, I think that that's going to propel him towards the top of the list. So yeah. that's why I'm going to take all I love that pick. We've been locked in for two straight picks. We had the same number four, the same number three. We are not locked in at number two because I put White Boy Magic at one. Re-reward, White Boy Swag over here. Austin Reeves okay. is going to win sixth man of the year. He's number okay. one for me, and I think he's going to win it with ease. I think wow. you get the Lakers you get the Lakers boost. He's coming out the bench. People are going to remember the in-season tournament game where he went ballistic. He's going to keep doing better and look more like last season Austin Reeves. And then keep him coming off the bench, playing that spark plug role because they need the defense in the starting lineup. It's gonna be like those years where we had like a Jordan Clarkson or Lou Williams win it, where we knew they were one of the three or four best players in the team, but they come off the bench for strategic reasons. That's Austin Reeves this year, and I'll be shocked honestly if he doesn't win it. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, someone I had on my list, I I I like you guys' list, and I can agree with it. I can't hit on it. Someone who deserves at least like two seconds of spotlight is 
Tim Hardaway Jr. He's averaging career high, or not career high, but like third, fourth most points that he's had in his career so far. 17 points per game, you know what I'm saying? And someone has to shoot that bitch. We all know that the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> don't got them bodies. You know what I'm saying? So does yeah. he deserve this award? I don't know. Am I going to put him on the ballot? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is like, when you say Tim Hardaway Jr., I kind of feel how Donovan felt when we were doing the all-time rankings and somebody said somebody from the 1960s. I'm just like, bet. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> He's been doing All this right. for years, bro. <laughs> He's Tim Hardaway. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you do that. I'm giving him for real respect because he's at my one. Oh, whoa! I'm Tim Hardaway. I, listen, Tim Hardaway is having his best season in years. Okay, in years. He, listen, he's shooting nearly forty percent from three. His his overall uh, um, field goal percentage is up over over the last two years with Luca and Kyrie. Right, and Kyrie's out, and so listen. Today, everybody's out for the Mavericks. They're missing like like three three or four starters. So Tim. I, I didn't check the lineup, but I think he might be getting the start tonight. But with that backcourt locked in place and the Mavericks surgeon, Tim Hardaway is going to be a necessary scorer and shooter for them because they are not playing defense and they're going to have to outscore everybody. <laughs> and so, but Tim, like, the maybe, fact he's he's actually, maybe he's been great. I'm just not, maybe I just haven't been paying attention because I did the, not even think fact, about him. Yeah. And like, for a moment, I thought that like, Grant Williams was going to be kind of the missing piece for for Dallas, and he was for a second, but he's kind of cooled off. Yeah. Tim Hardaway's been good all year, yeah. And so I'm I'm going to give him that that love. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Bobby Portis in the chat. I see exactly. Felix Nicole saying Portis question mark. I, do y'all think he should be on here? I, another person I didn't really think about, but perennially a uh, really good six man. Routinely, yeah, he's had it in his history to be. He is the buck six man. He is, you know, what I'm saying the six starter or whatever people call it in the football terms or whatever. But uh, I, the Bucks just haven't had a phenomenal year so far this season. I say that, oh my god, they're the second, third seed. But calamity, <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro, exactly, bro. But right now, his points are down drastically. Last season, he averaged 14 points. Season before that. 15 points this season he's only at 11 he hasn't been that much efficient isn't knocking down a three, three ball Bro, chat is like, hilarious so i just tuned just... into the... <laughs> my bad to cut you off so i said tuned into the stream and thought y'all were interviewing mikhail bridges i will say the lookalikes and the nicknames today have been much better than they were last last week i've actually been laughing at a couple somebody yeah, said i look said... like Mark... <laughs> somebody said i look like mlk <laughs> Damn! <laughs> hey, why are you laughing, Mo? Quit laughing. Some of you look like Admiral Schofield. <laughs> you ain't safe either, man. What you talking about? You're done for too. <laughs> nah, someone gave me nasty, man. I was goddamn it. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that too. Saw that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm seeing Admiral Schofield over there for Mo. That hey, low key, low key. That's all I'm saying. What's he look like? Let me pull it up. I don't want to go down the drive a hole again, but I just, I'm just curious. He looks like. You, bro. <laughs> oh, I mean, I gotta, I gotta share my screen with you every time. It's so annoying. Lame. I know. Look at this. That's you, bro. This is Mo. Oh, That's I know me. this player. Yeah, Tennessee's finest. No, he does not look like me. That's not. That's not Mo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Man, man. we can move on to the next award. I think Austin Reeves should 100% be in your top five, Mo. The fact that he's not is crazy to me. Sometimes I look like Brad Pitt. That's crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, if you don't pick Austin Reeves to win it, that's fine. Like, having him at two is fine, Donovan. He's got to be top five. 
No, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I wanted to go ahead and show guys like Andrew Nembhard love, and you know what I'm saying. If the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's fair. He's path, not winning that award. Yeah, no, he's not winning that award. <laughs> I'm glad you showed him love. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one who probably ever did this in this goddamn earth, bro. But he's a great player. But regardless of the fact, if the Minnesota Timberwolves continue this path, obviously they're not gonna be like 82 and whatever. Not gonna be like 70 and 10 or whatever, bro. But if they somehow end up winning 55, pushing 60 games, I don't see how some of these players avoid. One of these players avoid getting some type of major award. But maybe this is a good entryway to one of our more important awards that we have listed. Yep. We're going to move on to the Defensive Player of the Year. Listen, we're inching closer to that MVP conversation. I know y'all are waiting for that. We currently got 651 likes in here right now. Get us 800, y'all. I wanted us to be at 800 likes by the time we get to the MVP conversation. I don't know if y'all can do it, but I got faith in you. Let's do it. Before that, DPOI. I guess I'll go first for this one. At my number five, I have somebody who Chad's been spamming this guy's name all night. They wanted to talk about him. Derek White. Oh, okay. He has been fantastic for the Celtics. I agree. I think he's been better than Drew Holiday. Is that mm. crazy? No, no it's, it's not. No. It's not. I think yeah. I think Drew Holiday has gotten to the point. I, I, and I don't want to say it. Right. Uh-oh. I don't want to say it. But it's gotten to the point where he might be just a little bit overrated in terms of like how locked down he is because his running mate in the backcourt is better than him defensive. Derek Wright just affects everything, everything. And like, listen, if you want to give Drew the credit because he's been guarding bigs, right? He's been extremely versatile. Like, that's great. I'm not saying that he's not great, but I feel like people talk about Drew right now as if he's like, Hakeem, Tim Duncan, Scottie Pippen in just like a 60s <laughs> yeah. body. He's, not, he's yeah. not like that. He's not that nasty, but he is great. But yes, I I like I like the Derek White pick at five. Love it. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I want to reward the Celtics defense because they're so great. And it's tough because they have so many good defensive players. But mm. I think Derek White's been the best one. He's not going to win it. It's hard to win it as a guard. We saw Marcus Smart do it a couple years ago. And there's kind of yeah. a push from a lot of people to like want to reward more guards. It's just hard to be that effective when you can only defend one guy every possession. But Derek White's not a regular guard. He can He's like Drew Holiday where he can defend guys a little bit bigger than him. He's good helping at the nail. He's good defending ISOs. Fantastic helping over screens. Just the full package and exactly what you want from a point of attack defender. Yeah, I like that. Because uh, for me, me personally, I have I do not have a single guard on my list. Never have, never will. will <laughs> I pick a guard to be defensive player of the year unless it's like some fake guard, like some 6'6 fake guard or whatever. But regardless of the fact, at number five, I said his name earlier. I have Chet Holmgren up there, bro. He is that impactful Love it. on all aspects of the court, not just at the rim, but also at the perimeter. He's long as hell. He's just the, 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 the name and game of, the, of defense in the NBA is taking space. And, of course, when you're that long and also you're that mobile, which is something uh, that a lot of people seem to underrate as, as what to what makes someone a good defender. He is that. He takes negative space all the time when someone's trying to get to their point, or when, when someone's trying to get to their place on the court. Unless you're like someone like, unless you got like 50 pounds overhead, then that may be a little bit tough for him in the post. But yeah. for the most part, no one does that in the league. No, yeah, Chet Holmgren's amazing. I'm glad you said that because I also have my list, as I alluded to earlier. He's number four for me. 
He's higher than you have him. He is fantastic. I see people in the chat right now. Somebody mentioned uh, Herb Jones. I want to put Herb Jones on here. I just didn't because uh, defense player of the year always comes down to you having to have a top five defense in the league to even be a competitor for it. So I think Herb Jones might be like first team all defense, maybe second team at worst. But he's not going to win DPOY just because the team defense isn't good enough. They're 17th right now. Yeah, not great. They would be way worse if not for him. He's holding them above uh, the top 20 purely on, on his own accord. But yeah. Chet Holmgren, man. Early in the season, they were top five in defense with a rookie manning that shit. They fell down a little bit. What did we see earlier? I think they were sixth. Yeah. I can see them getting back in the top five. And if they're Easy. top three coming into the year, even top five, this man is getting votes, which is crazy for a rookie. I know, bro. I know. He's having the rookie season that a lot of us thought Wemby was going to have. He's yeah. just that ridiculous. For sure. Yeah. Do you have one on your list, Donovan? Yeah, we're actually... I want to jump just into my straight three because you guys already talked about my, my four and my five. So at five, okay. I have Chet Holmgren, and at four, I have Derek White. Okay, um, dude, we are in lockstep today. I think that, yeah, and Mo, I everything that, that y'all said about guards not being, like, really able to win this award just because, like, when you look at defenses and how you build a good defense, you need that room protection, you need a big – I just don't care about that. Like, I really want, to, I really want to be able to give guards that that credit because, like, if they don't, if, like, if you're not guarding at the at on the perimeter, your defense is also going to be. Tough. You're just making life harder for that big, and so there is a certain level that you have to give that player. And like Derek White, Derek White right now is in the 90th percentile in terms of points per points per per possession um, on defense. So when he's when he's on the floor. The Boston defense is minus seven and, and minus seven point six. Yeah, right. Like he he's like when he's on the floor, the Celtics are locked down. And so I'm putting him at four, and then Chet at five for all the reasons that that Mo said as well. Wow. Okay, I love okay, it. So I love three. Love you said you said you want to skip three. Who who do you got at three? Are yeah. you finished Shakas? I mean, I don't know. Are are you guys shocked if I put if I put Giannis at three? No, that's not shocking I at shouldn't all. Be. I mean, I shouldn't be. I am because I didn't put Giannis on my list. I didn't really think about him because their defense is ass. But yeah. he is Giannis, so I can't. I can't be mad at it. No one's over against that argument. I feel like, and I've been and I've been hard on the Bucks. And I've been hard on their on their defense. It is getting better, um, and so I do think that like towards the end of the year they're going to be in the top half of the league, pro- maybe, maybe even pushing top ten, and that's a that's a little bit low for somebody to win DPOY, but. Like you said, it's Giannis, and it's just very hard for me not to see him in like the top three. And yeah, I yeah. just like like even even though that the Bucks defense is trash, you watch Bucks games and you see how he's able to like affect the game. I just have to put him at three. Okay, I'm gonna interrupt this real quick because we have another lookalike of you in the chat that I think we have to address because me? this one, yes, this one has serious validity. They are saying you look like Cole from Martin. How do you want to respond to these <laughs> allegations? Oh, um, shit. Only- <laughs> they got you. They got you. That's for real. They got oh, you. Listen, I'll take, I'll take this because I've actually met Cole from Martin. What? I met him. I met him when I was in seventh grade. He came to seventh grade? So either, either seventh or eighth grade. He was. No, I'm sorry. I'm tripping. Tenth grade, he came to my high school, and I don't, I don't know. He was giving, he was giving a speech to like the creative writing class, and uh, 
and so I went to a predominantly Hispanic high school. All the black people were in there. <laughs> and so I got a, I got a picture with, with Cole. I need to find it. But yeah. So Bro, if I'll you can find it. a picture, send it to me right now. We'll put that bitch on stream because that must have been Spider-Man meme. You pointing at Cole. And... Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. And, and you probably I, had that haircut too, did you? When you were in 10th grade? Or you what? did have a high top in high school. I did. I, I, I rocked a high top for a you... long time. I, ro- I rocked it, honestly, from 6th grade to 8th grade, took a year off, and then I brought it back in 10th grade. I a, it was short in 10th grade, and then I brought it back for like two weeks in, in senior year. Someone said creative writing equals crayon eaters. That's what they were. That's what they were. They, they finished every essay with, and then they woke up, and it was a dream. Like, <laughs> they suck. They suck. That's such a high school ass way to finish the story. Yeah, that is that is hilarious, bro. That is yeah, hilarious. man, had to, had to take our attention away real quick. Someone said, "Is, is Donovan Dominican?" <laughs> <laughs> that's the kill, man. <laughs> that's the kill. That is that's hilarious. The kill, get off my live. <laughs> that is that's hilarious. Dead as hell. <laughs> hey, Mo, who do you have it for for yeah, DPOI? So rolling into rolling into my fourth. <laughs> No, I'm crying because somebody, somebody commented, ay, 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 No, man, you guys are racing. This is funny. crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. Rolling at number four, super unpopular pick, in my opinion, because how down bad this team is. But – this team has not moved. <laughs> my bad, my bad. So creative writing equals global glue sniffers. <laughs> glue sniffers, whoa. Call you a glue sniffer is crazy as fuck. That's hilarious. Oh God. <laughs> people are saying, can we, I see people spamming, can we donate? The link's in the, in the description. You see support the stream. That's the donation link. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, y'all. Davies says, Isaac, you have to upload again. We're supporting Mo. We are getting Mo out the hood as quickly as possible. Facts. Someone says, uh, Davey Nax says, Isaac, you have to upload again. Coming soon. Yes, Say that. Exactly. exactly. If, if it'll stay, I don't know. I'm notoriously unreliable at uploading consistently. But there will be at least one or two videos coming. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. Right. Sorry to interrupt you, Mo. Who's your next pick? I know. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um... So my next pick, unpopular opinion, unpopular opinion, Jaron Jackson Jr. Memphis okay. Grizzlies have been trashed on a whole lot of things, but their defense have not has not fallen off of a cliff completely. Last year, they were number two, and of course, that was led by defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. This year, they're number nine. You know what I'm saying? That's impressive for being a bad team. Yeah, sizable fall off, you know what I'm saying? But that just goes to show, like, he is doing his job still. He's not. He's not supposed to be meant or asked to be the face of the offense or the secondary creator or whatever the case may be, like he is right now. But when it comes to doing what he what he does on defense, he's still holding down the job. He's still doing his job. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he's not getting as many blocks as we're used to seeing because he has less ability and freedom to roam because he doesn't have Stephen Adams by his side and he just has, you know, what I'm saying. Other bigs who really normally don't get that much playing time. And so there's going to be some regression a little bit, but he nothing has changed about his game individually. One-to-one is just a situation around him that is, you know what I'm saying, been poor. I respect it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't on my list because they were so bad. I didn't really think about him in that light. But 
if Jaws gonna come back and they're gonna normalize as a team, and there's a lot of season left. So if they're already the ninth defense, once their offense comes back to not tanking them every game, their defense is gonna keep getting better. And once they get back to it being a top eight defense or whatever it's gonna be, Jaren's gonna be in that limelight as a top tier defender again. So I, you're right, because we know this list is projecting to the end of the year. We should have had Jaren on our list. Donovan, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, we slept. We should have had Jaren on our list for sure. I didn't think about it. I honestly didn't even know they were number nine in defense. Like that, I, that I'm yeah. kind of surprised by that. Yeah, exactly. When for, that's why I'm. We all know, like, they're not your normal trash team. They're only trash for one, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because, yeah. Particularly, you know? But once once John Morant gets back, Desmond Bain is allowed to be in his comfortable zone, although he's already been snapping, you know what I'm saying? So you have a better version of Desmond Bain. Year, what, four or five, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., who haven't skipped a beat at all, they're still going to be a good team. Don't know if they're going to be great or if they're going to be, you know what I'm saying, as – deadly of a playoff threat as they were last year <laughs> they, are not they, lost. The they are cooked you know what i'm saying they're, they're but, in a deep hole they're in a deep hole yeah they're in a deep hole they're in a deep hole but darren jackson jr is still there and that's all that matters right now in this conversation all right at my number three let's keep, let's keep moving i have evan mobley similar reasons i what you just did with jaron projecting is i did with evan mobley they're currently not a top tier defense like they were last year Weird reasons for that. They've had a lot of injuries, a lot of just, like, not gelling on either side. Evan Mobley hasn't lost a step. He's been just as fantastically talented defensively. I'm assuming they're going to continue to rise back up the defensive leaderboard as the year goes on. And I think it's going to be one of those things where we're going to look up in the year and be like, oh, they weirdly have the fifth-best defense in the league, and Evan Mobley is still incredible, erasing everything. That's kind of what happened last year. Like, they, he wasn't in the DPOI talks until, like, the last two months of the year. That everybody was like, oh, yeah, I'm voting for him, actually, number one. And he ended up finishing top three. I think we're going to see a similar thing this year, and he's going to shock people by the end of the year. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's a great pick. That's all. Shout out to Evan Mobley, nice. man. Let's go. Nice. Mo, who's your third? Ooh. What's next? Uh, third? <sighs> I hate to give this goddamn team credit because I fucking hate them. But, um, gosh, I hate that I'm saying, saying this. New York Knicks, Mitchell Robinson. He is oh, ridiculous. that boy is special. That boy is special. That six eleven seven foot dude who be listening to country songs. He is special defensively, man. He yeah. is everywhere on the court. He's not your normal seven footer whatsoever. I always knew this. You know what I'm saying? He's 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 in a similar vein. Well, let me not say that. Let me not say that at all. But no, no, no. Go is, no. Go ahead. Go ahead and no. praise him. I'm going to praise him just a little bit. All right. Took for two seconds. He is one of the best defensive centers in the year of 2023. And he is in that exact same type of mold that every team needs in order to be a serious threat. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm very, saying. very, very underrated player this year. What is, I, I forgot the stats. I haven't looked at in a while. Monstrous rebounding numbers, which obviously is a part of defensive player of the year. He's just like head and shoulders with everybody right now in terms of rebounding percentage. He's been incredible, so I, I respect it. Donovan, is he on your top two? Uh, he's he's not in my top two. And Mo, okay. thank you, th- thank you for giving Mitchell Robinson all that praise. The reason why he's not in my top five is because he's not going to play enough games. He he's mm. gonna get he's gonna get surgery. He's gonna be out minimum eight weeks today. Um, That's a long time. Hurts, <laughs> man. Damn. Yeah, yeah. He's getting he's getting um, he's getting surgery. They said eight to ten weeks is the timetable, so he's not going to play for a while. But 
before we all know that he's not going to win the the award. Thank you, Mo, for giving him credit. I, I appreciate it. God <laughs> damn it. I always lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, man. real quick. Also, quick note. Somebody just said that Trey Young just got ejected from the oh, game. Oh, what do you do? I don't, I don't know, but apparently your boy is acting up. So bad, uh, bad yeah. 10 seconds for Mo here. <laughs> yeah, and we're getting our backs blown out too by the Denver Nuggets, of course. It's 106 to 86. Quick uh, he, did, he didn't want to play to start someone named Harrison Matthews, who's just looks like a regular person or whatever. Good player, <laughs> but like, bro, we have multiple better options, but it's whatever. Oh, God. Yeah, it's gross. All right, man. Anyway, we got two spots left for DPOI. I think we don't have to belabor it. We all know who are the top two. Yes. Some combination. Of Mr. Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis. Yes. Did y'all both pick Rudy Gobert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't. Listen, Rudy I don't, fan. I, Rudy fan. I'm not. Let's not. <laughs> let's listen. I'm, let's be so serious right now. Let's not get any false narratives out there. I'm not a Rudy Gobert fan, but he's hooping. <laughs> but he's he's hooping and he's fantastic. And the Timberwolves have the best defense in the league. And it's because Rudy Gobert is on that level. And it's just like every single night, whether it's his, his shot blocking, his rebounding, his ability to just alter shots and just make people not even want to look at the basket because he's there and people get scared. Like, yeah, he's, he's hooping. So yeah, shout hooping. out, shout out Rudy. You're going to get your fourth, fourth, <laughs> fifth? fourth or fifth. I don't even remember fourth. how many he has. I think he has three. So yeah. it's four. Yeah, okay. no way he'd be five. You, you're gonna get your four. Shout out, shout out to you, Rudy. You've been doing a good job. Mo, did you go go bear? Uh no. I actually went Anthony Davis from a number one and Rudy Gobert from number two. And let's that's go. Projecting early later into the season, I would not be surprised if the Los Angeles Lakers end up surpassing the Minnesota Timberwolves in the standings. But also that must mean that they surpass him in the defense. Defensive category as well. Now it's hard to do that because they have fucking Rudy Gobert and all these other phenomenal defensive players or defensive pieces. But with that still being said, narratives have to take place in this conversation. <laughs> and just thinking and saying that Anthony Davis retires his NBA career without a single defensive player of the year award is insane. Asinine. Someone needs to be thrown in jail and someone needs to also thrown in jail. Sadly. <laughs> Rudy Gobert might have to be robbed in this, in this scenario, you know what I'm saying? Just for the sake of how people will talk about the NBA for years to come, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everyone saw what he did during the IST. Everyone saw the phenomenal performance he's been putting on over the last few games, over the last two seasons defensively. So it's his time. I'm undecided. I'm starting a poll. I'm going to let chat decide for me because this is incredibly difficult. On the surface, it might look easy because Rudy Gobert, like Donovan said, Number one defense, it's because of him. He's just as dominant as he has in previous years. I don't want to take that away from him at all. If the season ended today, Rudy Gobert wins DPOY, probably unanimously, honestly. He's been that level of great. But the Lakers played most of the season without Jared Vanderbilt. He's only been there for four games. And without a lot of their other four, they've been super injured. So that's kind of kept them out of being a top five defense. If we go here and we look at just the last four games, which is the games that Jared Vanderbilt has played. Granted, tiny sample size. The Lakers are number one in defense. Pretty easily. By far. I, pretty easily. And I think that, like I said, small, small, small sample size. So take that with whatever grain of salt you want. I think that's going to maintain for the rest of the season. 
And if the end of the season comes around and the Lakers are a top three defense the rest of the way because Jared Vanderbilt's back to really bolster them along with AD, that is enough to make AD win DPOI, I think. For the reason Mo said, narrative-wise, people want to give Anthony Davis a DPOI. He deserves one for his career, and like this is the best chance he's going to have. Also, the way these votings typically work, you can't peak in the first half of the season. Their narrative is already too strong for Rudy Gobert. They're already started off as a number one defense. I think they have to maintain that, or by the time the end of the season comes around, the narrative is going to be the Timberwolves defense is trending downwards while the Lakers are trending upwards. Yeah. So if that's the case, it's going to be like when Scotty Barnes on Rookie of the Year. Evan Mobley was better wire to wire all season. We thought Evan Mobley would be Rookie of the Year. But Scotty Barnes had a really strong last couple of months, and he snagged the award because of recency bias in voters' minds. That same thing can happen to Anthony Davis, especially coming off the in-season tournament victory. If they're a top three defense, AD's going to win it. Donald, my question to you is, do you think they're going to be a top three defense? Yeah, I think they have a good chance. Um, I, I'm i with you that I think, like, awards are solidified in, in like, the last, like, 20 games. But mm-hmm. the cases and the narratives are built in the first 20. And I think that for a lot of people, the damage is, quote-unquote, damage. That's already been done when it comes to Gobert. And because the Timberwolves have started out this hot, they're 17-4, everybody knows that they have a great defense. Everybody knows that Rudy Gobert has won DPOY three times before. And the entire league is saying, oh, he's back. Like, Rudy Gobert is elite. He is this. That case is probably going to carry him through the All-Star break. And and like, and like you said, all you have to do is maintain. And so as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff... I think I think he has a very big lead right now, and it's going to be hard for AD to to make that up. So yeah. that that's why I'm picking Gobert. Yeah, uh, me personally, seeing how the awards have been tossed out over the last twenty, thirty games, and how these conversations have gone, just absolutely disgusting. That's why I'm just leaning towards Anthony Davis. I don't think he's undeserving. I just think Rudy Gobert is probably more deserving. Now, of course, we can't speak how things will look like 60 games into the season, season, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if Anthony Davis can be neck and neck with him, I know Kendra Perkins is going to fire that good old bad boy propaganda up <laughs> and go ahead and vote for Anthony Davis and just spew the nastiest argument ever, dequalifying Rudy Gobert. And I think he lands his first one, Anthony Davis. Yep. Well, I'm seeing chat. I said chat's and decide for me. I'm undecided, but... 54% of y'all pick Anthony Davis over the Frenchman. So, you know what? We're going Anthony Davis number one. Simple and plain. I listen to the people, and the people have spoken. Y'all don't fuck with Rudy Gobert, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love both these players. Yeah, Rudy is special, man. Rudy is special. But now, does this mean that we get to talk about the most exciting award right now? Crayon Eaters, lock the fuck in. I need to see y'all spam in the chat. Because y'all need to, if y'all are watching right now, you're over there doing something else, you're watching games, get back to your computers, get back to your phones, spam that chat. It is MVP time. I need y'all active because I want to hear y'all's input. Facts. Lock in. Pop pop that new pack of crayons as if it's a pack of cigarettes. Because we're going <laughs> to be, we're going to be like, this is, this is where the real propaganda begins. This is where it starts. You know what I'm saying? And yep. sheesh. Who, Isaac, do you want to go ahead and kick us off in this conversation and tell us who your number five is? I do. My number five is somebody that we have been praising the fuck out of. Some comments may say glazing. You're wrong. I don't care. Tyrese Halliburton is number five. Oh! 
Damn! Tyrese Halliburton, <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton okay. is firmly in MVP conversations. At the season end of today, I think he might be higher than five, but projecting going forward for the rest of the season, who knows if they can maintain being the best offense of all time. That's hard to imagine. Maybe he won't be 27 points per game on incredible efficiency and the best passer in the world. Who knows? But I think he's already given himself enough credit that he's going to be in these convos, and I think the fifth spot, just barely getting on the ballot, is perfect for a guy that has clearly ascended to superstar status, and only reason he's not higher is because the team just won't be good enough. That is huge, man. That is huge. I he's love him. that. I love that. I don't necessarily agree because of you know standings, logistics, and other players who are in the similar mode, and I think they might be straight up better, but... I digress. I like it. What do you think, Donovan? I can't go that far. I can't give Tyrese. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Boo. I know. I know. I know. Bring it on. Bring it on. L. My my five. <laughs> I have Jason Tatum at my five. Solid five. <laughs> I think. I think when we talk about MVP and the precedent of the award and how things normally go, best player, best team, Tatum is at least going to get on the ballot where we're going to look up in March and the Celtics are going to have X amount of wins and they're going to be in the one seed or the two seed. And everyone's going to say, why isn't Jason Tatum getting, getting any love? He does this every single year. He just comes out here, drops 30. They're winning. Da da da. He's going to be on the ballot. I'm giving him five. I had Jason Tatum at six, but again, I can agree. He'll, he'll probably realistically be on the ballot. I just want to reward some other guys that I think will get more like higher votes, but you're right. He'll be on there somewhere. Yeah. He's like the quintessential, you have to be on the ballot, man. You know what I'm saying? He always is. It's going to be him for maybe the next four or five years of his career. Do I think he'll win it? Mm, just I wouldn't go for Yeah, I wouldn't at all. Um, but with that being said, at number five, I have Luka Doncic. Okay. Yeah. So I, I see Doncic. somebody in the comments was like, did y'all not include Tyrese? How- uh, did y'all not include De'Aaron Fox? Did any of y'all include Fox? What Kings got, fan said that shit? Just say his name, Isaac. <laughs> I got some I bad it. news for you. I got some bad news for you. We did not include De'Aaron Fox in our top five. And you know what? I don't really feel bad about it either. He's been great. I don't Shout either. out to him. He can be all NBA was- 13 this year. He's been fantastic. I'm not voting for him for MVP. I know there's been like a growing narrative of that. There's been a lot of young guards who are deserving. I don't think he's a better case than Tyrese, a better case than maybe even Anthony Edwards, or any of the other guards that are up here in the competition. Yeah, man, and that's a sad, that's a sad truth and reality of the situation for now. Now, if the Sacramento Kings were to pick up Hellasteam and he was like a top two seed in the Western Conference, then okay, that is a fair assessment. You know what I'm saying? But he's not putting up a generational stat line or doing anything that hasn't been seen before, like what Tyrese Halliburton's doing. So I don't think it's quite fair just yet to put him in those conversations, but. I'm not going to say you're crazy. I'm not going to say he's crazy for that. It's not, it's not crazy, but I think he could be like six, seven, eight, whatever. But there's, I didn't even include Jason Tatum or I didn't include Luka Doncic because there's so Woo! many people that are, that are deserving. Maybe yeah. I should include Luka because projecting forward, he'll probably earn his way on there. Yeah. But I just think there's other people that have done more for their team this year and have had the winning to match it. And I'm not sure I'm confident anymore that the Mavs are going to be good enough that he, Luka doesn't get serious votes just because they're mid. Yes. Is that right. five? Yeah, I put him at five. I put him at five because I think Luca is obviously the better player, the better player than Tyrese Halliburton. But you know what I'm saying? I don't think the Mavs and the Pacers and the Stangs will necessarily move the needle. And I think what 
is eventually going to be the tiebreaker. It's just who who straight up is the better player. And obviously, Luka clears because he's fucking Luka Doncic. And um, yeah, earlier this season, we saw the Dallas Mavericks. They were, what, a top two, three seed in the Western Conference. They were on an insane streak. They are one of the best offenses in the NBA. And then what do you know? Of course, Grant Williams doesn't shoot like 60% from the three-point line. <laughs> Things are a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Tim Hardaway Jr., his efficiency dies down just a little bit. Luka Doncic, of course, he's Luka Doncic, one of the greatest might be one of the greatest players of all time when it's all said and done, but he cannot be putting up like 40 every single night. So with that being said, uh, from the start of the season, I, I said that this team will not, you know what I'm saying, thrive to be a play a playoff team. That was my personal opinion, you know? So that's how, that's 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 the reasoning why I have Luka at five. <laughs> okay, but you still feel like his individual greatness is enough to warrant him being a top five pick? There's there's only so much where you can be dinged down for your team, for the team success, and Luka Doncic is one of those players where he's just like bulletproof from that because he's just so good. Yeah, and he's kind of like Jason Tatum where he's so good and he's apparently going to be on the you know back half of these ballots for like years to come. I didn't personally award those guys just because I think there's so many players this year that have like legitimately been like MVP candidate caliber guys that like have the team success to match, have been the driving factor of that, have either made leaps, gotten better, and just been, like, exceptional to the point where they're clearly carrying their team to really high standings, that I didn't tend to lean towards these guys that are just, like, there because they're good enough and always will be. But I can respect it. You know, I can't be mad at Luka Doncic being in your top five. Mm-hmm. That's hard. I like it. Donovan, is he in your top five? He is because he's at number four for me. Okay. Um, mm. Like, like Mo, I just think that the numbers are just going to be stupid. They, they are. They gonna, are for sure. He's gonna have. He's gonna have outlandish two K numbers, and the Mavs. Again, they're they're not gonna be one of the best teams in in the West. But if you're just talking about the fourth or fifth person on on a ballot, Luca is gonna be good enough, uh, statistically, eye test wise, to pass all to you know to pass all the te- pass all the tests, check all the boxes. He should be on the ballot. I think at the end of the year. I'll put yeah, you're right. I'll, you're probably I'll right. Give them that Listen, they're the three seed right now because things are wonky and games played. They have less game, less wins than the teams below them, but it's because they've played less games. So, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the Lakers had the extra game with the in-season tournament. Yeah. So maybe they'll finish that high. And if they're the three seed, Luca is absolutely going to be in this list. Uh, it, probably closer to three or two or something like that. I just again, it, you will see the names above. Maybe you can convince me to put him back on my list based on the names you guys see coming forward. But I don't know. Okay, I want to hear the next name on your list. Okay, <laughs> so Donovan, you had Luca at four. Let's go ahead Correct. and write that in. Number four, this is kind of the same thing y'all did with those two picks. I put Giannis at four. Mm. Okay, how do y'all feel? What? Did y'all have Giannis on your list? Uh, yeah, I had. Yeah, whoa, you had no, no Giannis? Giannis on your list. I did not have Giannis. See, on to list. me, I think it's nonsense to have Luca and Tatum and no no Giannis. Yeah, because Giannis has played some of the best basketball in his career. That's, he's that's been okay. incredible, and the team is just better. They're going to be a top-two seed. He's a two-way player, unlike Luka. He's averaging his 30, highly efficient, one of the better scoring years of his career. I know things aren't clicking defensively like they have in the past. You put him, you put Giannis on your DPOI ballot. I understand how can, that. How can he not be in your MVP ballot if that's the case? Narratives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like the, the narrative, the, was... the narrative coming into the season was that the Bucks were gonna be run away, like it was gonna be them and the Celtics run away 
this team, like this Dame Giannis was going to be fantastic. And even though that they lost Drew Holiday, the defense was going to be great. And they have not looked as well as everybody thought that they were. And so for Giannis, they are at a point where you are going to be judged by what happens in the playoffs. You are going to be expected. And in the regular season, you're going to be expected to win 55, 60 games. If they don't do that, I think a lot of people are going to look at the Bucks' regular season season and say, this was a failure. And so I think that there's a very real case that like the narrative surrounding the Bucks is that they were not good enough. And other and other people like a Tatum, like a Luca who's just being stupid and, you know, <laughs> narrative is is gonna be in the conversation. They're one point five games behind the Celtics. You said the narrative is they're gonna run away yeah. be up there. Do you understand? Are. Do you understand that Joel Embiid won MVP because of hashtag narratives, because of <laughs> race relation talk and just straight like foolery. These narratives, listen, come February when everybody's just bored out of their minds and we're just yapping just to fill up time, <laughs> people are going to say some stuff about Giannis and about the Bucks. If, if they're still like where they are right now, they're going to say stuff and it's going to discredit him. I, I promise you. So like, it's not to me, like if you, if you want to swap Luca for out for Giannis on my list, I'm completely fine with that. I'm projecting and I'm just seeing a whole bunch of people taking this weird angle on the Bucks later on in the season. Yeah, I can see that. I'm, I'm gonna give him. I think it's one of those things where I think he's more likely to get narrative credit than any of these other guys because Giannis is top three every year, top two player in the world. I think people will give him more of that credit than they will negative credit, especially because even if the Bucks are disappointing. Like, we're saying they're disappointing now. We had last pod, we were talking about the coaching issues and things aren't quite working. Mm-hmm. They're still 1.5 games behind the Celtics. So I think they just have such a high floor that they're not going to be like the Mavs last year where they're incredibly disappointing and are like in the play-in race than miss. That's not possible for this team. So I think just because they're guaranteed to be a top three seed that it's going to be hard for him to get seriously dinged that way. If Again, if you want to move Luka out, that's fine. We can do that and I'll be okay. Four, four and five on my ballot don't matter for me. Like, those are the ones, those are the spots where people just say, I want to give this guy credit because he had a good year. You can be the fourth person on the MVP ballot. Go ahead. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. All right, man. Mo, who's your four? Okay. So, at number four, I have Jason Tatum. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Same boring conversation. We can just move on to number three. And number three. with that being said, number three is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Chats are spamming me up this entire time. Uh, Isaac, you <laughs> fire just lit on your eyes when you said that. Seems like we are around the same page or whatever. Hey, but Shea, hey, hey. this is people were t- talking about this since last year. This dude could be MVP. I didn't want to believe it. But <laughs> God damn it. He might be the MVP simply because the numbers are undeniable. He's he's still efficient, still putting up 30 with a better team and better teammates around him. You know what I'm saying? The defense is there. He's a great defender. Off bro, there's just nothing that you can go that can go against his case at all. Earlier, me and Donovan were locked in lockstep. Right now, it's me and Mo. I have Shea at three. <laughs> And it was so easy for me. I didn't even consider anybody else. He's so clearly number three to me. Yeah. He's the perfect Don, number Don, is he on your list? I see you quiet over there. He's number three on my list, too. Oh, no! This is a pro or a man here. podcast. We are here. Yeah. 
TD three peak ascension. <laughs> this man last year he averaged thirty points per game. I think thirty two. Was it? Yeah, it was or maybe thirty one. Something in that range. And people were like, free throw merchant, do it in the playoffs. How are y'all going to make him a top 10 player off of one year, yada, yada, yada. Everybody wanted to find a reason to not admit, admit that Shea had taken superstar leap. This year, he's not getting the same free throws as last year. He's not getting that call he used to get. And hold on, serious fucking popped on my computer. He's messing okay, up my well, rant. Go in away. The, in the meantime, oh my God. Shea, Shea averaged 31.4 points per game last year. <laughs> Did y'all hear year. that? It, no, that's they averaged 31 points last year. He's averaging 30.5 this year. He was taking 11 free throws a game last year. He's taking 7.6 this year. So four less free throws and basically still the same same amount of points. That's impressive. That's hard as fuck to do, bro. On better <laughs> on better on better efficiency from the field, from three, and from the free throw line. Yeah, Incredible. I ain't gonna lie, man. Isaac. Did my mic cut out just now? Sh- uh, no, you're good. We, we heard you the entire no, time. You're yeah, I was freaking out. Was <laughs> <laughs> but Isaac, you put me on last year. You ever since you used this quote, you haven't said it again, and I hate you for that. You need to start using this motherfucker whenever a player is starting to ascend. Playoff proof. That is Shago gets Alexander's game right there. His yep. game is impeccable, and there's no serious flaws or holes or anything necessarily that you can scheme him out of the game to cause his to cause his team to lose. There's nothing that you can directly attack because he is a player whose game is built for the playoffs based off of his play style and also the bag and the counters that he has on his counters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of y'all is moving around a lot, and I hear your chair squeaking like crazy. I don't know who it is, but you sit chair. still. <laughs> what, what do you expect? Well, I'm on a low productive budget. Leave me alone, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Shea's been just as great as it was last year. They're the 2C, bro. They're legitimately a contender with one of the youngest teams in the NBA. He has to be in the top three for uh, MVP. And, so gonna... and leading the league in steals with almost three steals a game. He's averaging 2.8 steals right now. That's crazy. Legitimately two-way player. Like, he's not a slouch. Like, I have Tyrese Halliburton at five, Shea at three. That's a debate for me for, like, who's the third best point guard in the league. Yeah. Shea is a legitimately good defensive player. Tyrese is a cone. That's the difference between those two. And it's just, like, how could – I don't know what the argument for not putting him top three. Can y'all think yeah. of a devil's advocate argument? Devil, me being I've, devil's I've, advocate, uh, the only thing that I could, like, try to – pin point as like oh you're not top three is there is none there is none legitimately bro it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense i can like the only okay, thing that would I, help is like oh what do you have one i i i guess the argument would more so be why tyrese is number three over shay not necessarily that like shay isn't top three but oh for, for tyrese yeah but for tyrese i guess the argument is he is like on a different level of passing. And when Tyrese okay. is in the game, and when Tyrese is, is in the game, the Pacers literally have the best offense in NBA history, right? When he's out there and everything is flowing, they are unstoppable on, on offense. And defensively, you can say, well, they're doing that because of their system, right? Like they have some, some capable defenders, but that's because of the way that they play. They've made a conscious choice to play this, this fast style of basketball. But offensively, there might be a level that Tyrese is able to raise the floor that Shea just is that Shea can't because of the passing difference and the playmaking. Yeah, I can see that. I think Shea's playmaking is very underrated. 
like you said, he doesn't. The Pacers clearly play the style that facilitates Tyrese having these assist numbers. And Tyrese is clearly like I say that, but he's a way better passer than Shea is. Like yeah. it is night and day difference. But like I think Shea's a better passer than like a Damian Lillard, who's another score-oriented guard. I think Shea can really use that driving ability he has to create advantages, drawing two defenders and kicking it out. Not like a really high-level passer that can like create opportunities out of thin air, but more than more than capable enough that I'm not going to ding him for that anyway. Yeah, man. Ooh, we. All right. Well, listen. So all now, the lockstep. Shea at three. I think we might have the same two and one. Well, we have well. to, right? Every year is the same two and one. Mm-hmm. Top two, no secret. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. Who here picked Joel Embiid? Uh, Joel Embiid wasn't in my ballot. God damn. What? He was not on my ballot. He was not what? on my ballot. Joel Embiid's not top five for you? He was not top five in my ballot. And that's because... What? If the season the ends today, I think he would win. Carries. We're not, it's not about the season. Yeah, if the season ended today, then I don't think he would win either. But anyways, he would definitely be on the ballot. But regardless of the fact, totality of the season... What? I, I have someone else there. And I feel like every other player that I've had on my ballot so far, which, again, I can read out to everyone else. Um, at number five, I had Luka. Four, Tatum. Three, SDA. Two, Giannis. And oh, number one, can I predict you? I think you have it too. Oh, uh, unless you didn't hear me, sure. I didn't hear you. Yeah, he just he just said. Go it. ahead, go ahead. Say it. Is it, Le- is it LeBron? Fuck no. Okay, you pick. I'm you not, pick. Le- you're crazy, hot. But I ain't that crazy. You pick. You're crazy as fuck. You picked Joel Embiid off here. First of all, let me try, I was just trying to rationalize it. But who's it? Who's there? Uh, Giannis. Giannis at two. Yeah, Giannis. Okay, so yeah. interesting. Okay, well obviously yeah. I have Joel Embiid at two. And I have Nicole Jokic at one. Cool. Donovan, who do you have? <laughs> He's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have Joel at two and I have Jokic at one. Okay. So let's, uh, Don, Mo, do you have Nicole Jokic at one? Yeah, yeah, I have Jokic at one for sure. Wow. So let's unpack this. Why does Giannis deserve to be there and not Joel Embiid? It's not about Giannis deserving to be there over Joel Embiid. This conversation oh. more so. I was supposed to only be in this conversation. It would be like five. I would just kick Luca out because I don't know how valid or how realistic the Dallas Mavericks playoff chances are, or how they were. You know, they'll be in the playoffs or in the standings at all. Well, I think your I mic's dying again. Your your connection's messing up. Hold that thought for a second. Okay, you're back. Okay, go ahead. Okay, cool. You hear me? I'm all yeah, good. You're, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Like I was saying, this is not about Giannis. This is more so about Luca. And that's where I would put Joel Embiid into this conversation for me personally, you know. Now, everyone else above him that I have, I think they'll either be – they'll either just have as good of a regular season or and or have better standings team-wise. And that's my logic that I'm going for there. So, again, I have Tatum at four. He's going to be better. The Boston Celtics are going to be the number one seed in the, South, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Cool. Three, Thunder. They're going to have a better record than the Philadelphia 76ers. Two, the Bucks. They they might have a better record. Right now they do, but who knows. And then number one, Jokic, because no explanation. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I think it's insane. Listen, I am as critical as anybody about Joel Embiid and how he is big-hearted, and every year we cannot rely on him to have any serious run of the playoffs. One, because his lack of efficiency. Two, because he's always hurt. Maybe that's why the lack of efficiency happens. Who knows? 
I say all that to say, he was a deserving MVP last year, despite the jokes you make about Kendrick Perkins winning it for him, because it's true. But, like, he was MVP caliber for sure. This motherfucker got way better this year. Nick Nurse lit a fire under him, unlocked his playmaking. He's just as good of a scorer, averaging career high in assists, playing a style of basketball that I think is way more conducive to winning, will be more conducive to winning in the playoff setting with Tyrese Maxey's his running mate, who he's making a big leap. We all picked him to be his most improved player. He's able to do that because of style Joel Embiid is playing and opening that playmaking up. Their whole style of play is through dribble handoffs now instead of isolation. Only reason Tyrese Maxey can do what he does is because Joel Embiid has so much gravity there and can feed him at the right spots. I think it's easier to argue that he should be one, given Nikola Jokic's recent struggles in the past couple games, than it is for him to be off the ballot. Like, I had a hard time still putting Jokic at one, honestly. Well, yeah, but w- keep in mind, the whole goal of this ballot is projecting towards the end of the season. For sure, for so. sure. That's why I win Jokic one. I agree. But, like, Joel Embiid has been that good that, like, if the season ended today, Joel Embiid would be one, which, again, isn't the point of the episode, so I, I feel you on that. But I don't see them getting worse as a team. I don't see his scoring falling off. I don't see his playmaking falling off. He's been as good as a defender as he has been in recent years. This year, he's been, yeah. like, top-notch. Again, I think a nurse, Nick Nurse impact. Plus, they just have better defensive talent around him with Nick Batum, DeAnthony Melton, and all them. I just don't know how we don't reward somebody who we know is one of the best regular season players. I, no, I mean, I, that's fair. I agree. I, I, agree. I, I think, like, with, with Embiid, Whenever you get to the point where people are saying, like, <laughs> the comments are spamming, let Donovan sneeze. You're clearly holding back a sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was I was yawning before. I don't have to sneeze now. I'm good now. <laughs> Listen, if, I, if I have to if I have to sneeze, I'm low key. I'm trying to try not to burp, but whatever. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really what it is. It's not the sneeze. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, with Embiid, when you get to the point in his career, like after you win an MVP and everyone's like, okay, do it in the playoffs. We saw that with Giannis a couple years ago um, after he went back to back. And even the year after he was still top five, he was fourth in MVP voting. So I think that there's still going to be a, a level of respect for him for Embiid this year and everything that he's doing. And we talk about narratives a lot with this, with this award, the idea that, Hey, you lost Harding, you lost your number one, um, yep. you lost your point guard didn't even have a training camp and you were able to come in, had a new coach and have looked honestly better than you ever have. Your passing has got, has gone to another level. You're still elite uh, on both ends of the floor. Embiid has to be top five for me, really top three at this point in the season. And so, yeah, he, he has, he has a case. I don't, I don't think there's anywhere where he drops below four. You guys bring a compelling argument. I am a man who likes to admit when they are wrong, and damn it, I might be wrong. So with that being said, Luka Doncic, say goodbye. No longer top five. Joel Embiid, welcome to the top five. Also, something that I realized today too. Just okay. So backtracking just a little bit. I, I I've let the narratives get to me. And a couple podcasts ago, or maybe last two podcasts ago, Isaac, you use this word, this verbiage called blank tax. You use this word specifically <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. That same tax is getting applied to Joel Embiid. I have an even heftier tax because of how much <laughs> I believe in you. got like New York, California type taxes with me when I'm talking <laughs> to him. You know what I'm saying? So, but regardless, you know what I'm saying? With that being said, Joel Embiid in the regular season is ridiculous. He is one of, 
bro, he's been, been over the last few years, he's been performing like one of the five best regular season performers like in history, right? He's top three in points per game, period, in the NBA right now yeah. throughout his career and in the regular season. But, you know what I'm saying? With that being said, I just, that tax is crazy for me. And I yeah. don't want to put in that effort. I see a lot of people in the comments saying, uh, what about LeBron? The more that I'm thinking about it as I'm reading these comments, I think I got to kick Tyrese Halliburton off and put LeBron on here. There we go. I, the Lakers are the four seed right now. And I know I've done a lot of Lakers exceptionalism in this pod, done a lot of biases on these awards. I think they're going to maintain being good. And earlier I gave AD to DPOI because, or I, I made the argument for it, I let chat decide, um, because I think they're going to maintain that top, top three defense the rest of the season with Vando healthy. If that's the case, they're going to be good, bro. They're going to be a top four seed for sure, I think, if they maintain that level of defense. And if LeBron stays healthy, we all keep saying he's playing like a top five player. How do we not put him in the top five MVP if there are a top four team in the West? If there are top four in the West, I don't know. It would just be hard. Like, he is averaging at this point in the season 25, 8, and 7, which is just stupid at his age. You know what I'm saying? He's shooting 40% from the three-point line, so it's like, the hell is this? Uh, but <laughs> he's, he's nice. honestly, I think it's just like, I think there's just it's hard. It's hard, dude. It's hard. I don't know. Yeah, I see some of the chats that Isaac glazing as always. I'll take it. Apparently, I'm a LeBron glazer now because I admit that one of the best players of all time is still one of the best players of all time. If that's who I'm going to be, I'll accept it. But assuming they're going to be as good as we all think they will, we all open the open the show talking about how we all have faith in them being a legit player in the West after the in-season tournament. How could LeBron mm-hmm. not finish as a top five MVP candidate? Uh, Listen, man, it's been four years since LeBron has had a top five MVP vote. Like, it's been a it's been a while. And I understand that, like, stuff has happened in between. But at the same time, like, give it up, old man. Like, bro, <laughs> just go home. Ass, please, <laughs> go home. Like, no, relax. No, You're doing too this much, is bro. You're trying too hard. <laughs> Come on. I'm tired of that. That's so God funny, bro. Me, man. So, I'm looking at my list right now and just purely one, one Jokic, two Giannis. And three, maybe at this point, I think the OKC Thunder will generally be better team, be a better team than the Los Angeles Lakers throughout the end of this regular season. So you just straight up lose that category. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. Boston Celtics, you know what I'm saying? I got Jason Tatum winning the award, so that's just not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But at five, around the Joel Embiid range, that's where I have some flexibility. You know what I'm saying? So if I were to add LeBron in this situation, in this scenario, and if he wanted to surpass Joel Embiid in the historic regular season that he's been having, um, I might need to – man. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if there's room for LeBron, to be honest with you. There's just teams <laughs> you just said so much to say I know. I, I backed you. Forty-second preamble to say LeBron can't make it. <laughs> yeah, he can't do it. And I'm talking through, talking myself through this. I'm just like, he has all these things going against him, and he still can't make it. Nah, it's, it's not. It's not. I don't know. How do you, chat? Who else have we left out that you think needs to be in here? Obviously, a lot of people have been saying Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. I think Booker has a better case than KD. Really? For sure. the opposite. Just miss mm. games. Like, you know, just KD's been the rock holding them steady, and Booker's been he, out a while. He's he, he, he going to miss games. It's okay. It's <laughs> true. He's going to miss games. You true. sound like your match go happens. He just can't, he, he can't play a full season at this age. 
we just haven't seen bro he twisted his ankle in layup lines last year he's old <laughs> that's hilarious it happens <laughs> it's not happening. yeah man uh, well these are our list y'all feel good any more tweaks you want to make before we get out of here uh no i think i feel pretty good about my list man what about you real, real quick real quick one name who's coach of the year right now uh jamal mosley jamal mosley oh no uh why am, I, why am I blinking? What's the name of the Timberwolves coach? Chris Finch? Chris Finch. Yep. Chris Finch. Chris, it's got to be Chris Finch. He's, nobody Nobody believed in that team. We all thought they'd be in the playing range and the one seed by far. It has to be Chris Finch, I think. I'm going Chris Finch as well. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, just to have a slight rebuttal real quick, talking about nobody believed in the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's absolutely true. People were cooking, frying. We, we are people. We were frying their entire future. But also at the same time, <laughs> Seeing how the seeing how the Orlando Magic are currently built and seeing them have insane success, they just clamped the fuck out of Donovan Mitchell in the closing minutes of this game tonight. Uh, obviously, led by no other uh, Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs in these last closing minutes. But seeing him just take their identity and turn it into something that no one thought what it would be and be missing a key element into today's NBA while still thriving and being one of the three best teams in the Eastern Conference so far, yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. Now, for sure. long term, you may be right. Uh, for the at, at the end of the season, I'll give y'all that. But right now, I'm just so in love with Jamal Mosley and what he's doing with the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we missed a donation because your rant. I let you cook. KG tipped three dollars. He said Bam out of bio was snubbed from DPOI. Appreciate $3, KG. I agree. He's he's that level of defender. Obviously, every year he should be in the mix. The team's defense just hasn't been quite good enough over some of the guys that we ended up giving the nut, uh, giving the nod to at the bottom of the ballot. I won't be shocked at all if season ends and Bam's in that range. That's fine. God, that is tough. Yeah, Bam has been phenomenal. But whenever people are talking about Bam this season, they're talking about the offensive leap that he's made. You know what I'm saying? And that's the most glaring part for the Miami Heat and the most shocking part. Defense, they haven't been surprising anyone whatsoever. They're, you know what I'm saying, pretty average on that end. 14th right now, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, well, chat. I think that's the end of the stream. We hit the two-hour mark. We got the MVP done. Every other major award. Appreciate y'all for coming out. It was a good stream. It was a far less spammy chat, which was could be at mods at time. So I know a lot of y'all were asking for that. So. Mods standing on business right now. <laughs> y'all ain't slick no more. <laughs> Hope y'all enjoyed that. And yeah, man. Stay tuned every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We we'll back here next week. Back here the week after that, and so on. 